What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. This episode is going to be a bit different. Obviously, we're going to review the games on the weekend. The games that didn't matter, we'll do really quickly. The games that did matter with, you know, finals, teams, and all that kind of stuff, we will review. Plus, we're going to do a deep preview of the finals week one game. So make sure to stick around for that. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing our tips at the start of the year. So we're going to talk about where we thought each team would finish and see how well each of us went. As usual, brought to you by Bloke Beer, getting your local. IJ Plus League currently has specials on. We're in uh, celebrations. Every celebration's walking. If they don't have any, ask them politely. Can I grab a case of Bloke Beer? The beer of rugby league, the perfect beverage for finals footy. We're in uh, Liquor Legends, Thirsty Camel, Celebrations, IJ Plus Liquor, Bottolo, uh, Porter's Liquor, you name it. So get into your local independent Bottolo, grab a case of bloke beer. Also, bloke budgies, very, very small amount left. They are nearly all gone. If you want your bloke budgies, make sure to get them because once they are gone, they are gone for good. Limited edition. We won't be doing budgies for quite a while, guys, so make sure to get in and get them now if you want to get them. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Beer. Get into your local IGA Plus Liquor in New South Wales because we currently have a special on, and it is the Beer of Rugby League. Finals footy is here, so make sure to grab a case of the Beer of Rugby League. We're in Thirsty Camel, we're in Liquor Legends, Celebrations, IGA Plus Liquor, uh, Porter's Liquor, Bottolo, like... You name it, we're in it. So make sure, get in there, grab a case of bloke beer, the beer of rugby league. I've got the great guru here. How you going, brother? Going well, mate. Finals footy. Oh, yeah. It's Timmy, here. how you going, bro? Bloody good, mate. As Guru said, finals footy, 27 rounds, done and dusted now into the uh, the, the serious stuff. Matty? No mic. No mic for Matty. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Hammy? Yeah, not bad. No finals footy for me. Yeah. Any character building well, for the Tigers yeah. and the Brookie on... Uh... You could have probably predicted that about 12 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but it still still stings just as bad, you know. <laughs> oh. But it was a good opportunity on the uh, on the Saturday, actually, for me to uh, take the my bloke budgie smugglers out for a spin. Oh, okay. Uh, I had the black pair, um, went and had a sauna, cried in the sauna, had a bit of a reflect on the on the Tigers <laughs> season, and uh, they are glorious, yeah, I've got to say. I've got to say. Something with the bloke budgies as well. I've got, I've got a lot of pairs of budgies, but... The length of the drawstring on these budgies, yeah, except state of the art. Well, we did a lot of research on that. Absolutely, it took many. It's the reason why it's three years between budgie drops. Yeah. is because of the drawstring. You can't rush art. You can't rush it. It's, not the, si- it's not the size of your drawstring. It's how you use it. That's all yeah. I've always said about the budgies. But uh, these ones are very, very good. Many a great budgies have been ruined by short drawstrings. Yes. They? Yeah. Once that go. drawstring's gone, the budgies are gone. Not exactly. going to be a factor with these ones. There Let you go. You. So go and get a pair while you still can. Get, yeah. There's a limited amount left, and once they're gone, they are gone. Um, I'm doing good, boys. Not that you've asked. You know, Beak always asks how you boys are, but no one ever asks how Beak is. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I'm sweet. How, uh, first Father's nah, Day? It's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. It's, it's done now. <laughs> no, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was awesome. You know what? It was weird. It was, it was weird because it's like a week and a half ago, I wasn't a father. And now I'm a father. Very strange stuff. But They grow up so fast. They, they grow up so fast. He's, what, uh, five centimetres longer, which is... Which is uh, impressive, measuring him every day. Um, Did your wife ask you what you wanted to do for your first Father's Day, uh, darling? Titans Bulldogs, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sat the, the the young one down. I was like, "This is what it's all about. <laughs> this is what it's all about, son." Um, no, nah, it was it was a really good day. And to be honest, I'm hearing whispers. I'm the greatest father of all time. 
I've been hearing them too, mainly from your social media account. <laughs> out of your mouth. But, uh, good start. All righty, let's get into it. It's time to face the music. Very nervous, boys, here on the uh, on the panel. There we go. Hammy, he's got his subwoofer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if, you, if you're not across how it sort of works at the moment, uh, if you missed last week, we're facing the music now. So extra incentive for the boys to tip well. Um, whoever finishes last will have to face the music and dance to a song of my choosing. Okay. Uh, last week that was uh, Daddy Cool to my right here. I've changed your song this week because okay. you can't be dancing the same one two weeks absolutely. in a row. So to celebrate your first Father's Day, uh, if you are the lowest scorer this week, you'll be dancing to Cats in the Cradle by uh, okay. Harry Chapman. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, Maddie, once again, your song this week will be the 1957 smash hit Short Shorts by the Royal Teens. <laughs> uh, off the back of your uh, penchant for wearing shorts over trousers. <laughs> uh, Guru, you would have been practicing this one on Friday night, the chicken dance off sure the back was. of your beloved roosters. <laughs> and uh, Timmy, welcome back. Uh, you'll be dancing to Big Big Sound in honour of the Greater Western Sydney Giants, who are finals <laughs> band as well. Yeah. I'm already limber enough, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, very good. All right, let's get straight into it. So, obviously, when we tipped these earlier in the week, there was who's going to be rested, who's not. So, a lot of a lot of prices and lines did change, but. As locked in from uh, from the Monday, uh, the first game we had was Broncos 22, Storm 32. Cost themselves a minor premiership there, Kempi. Mm. Uh, only one person came away from this game with a point, and that was Guru, who had the Storm with the start. Got to about 10pm Thursday evening, and I, I had half a mind to come in here on Monday and make everyone dance, because it was such a horrendous start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're with a warning. Guru, well done for getting away with a point. Thank you, mate. The line, six and a half points there. Uh, this next game... We'll whiz through this on Manly 54, Tigers 12. <laughs> the tipping here was, this was workplace bullying of the highest order. <laughs> Everyone took Manly uh, to cover. Uh, the, the line, which was 10 and a half points at the time, very small. Um, so you all got two points. Uh, Matty, he got around me. He went Tigers head to head. I'm going to award Matty for courage and bravery there. Oh, <laughs> give me a break. This is give, corrupt. I'm going to give Matty one point This there. is corrupt. Nice bold betting there, which oh, we like. Oh, I man. cannot afford to give up that point to Matty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next game, uh, South 12's Roosters 26. Uh, Guru, of course, you would have given, this one, given it to Matty after this one. Uh, Denon and Guru went Roosters 1-12, to 12, uh, which is wrong. Uh, Timmy Souths went... Went south one to twelve. Matty went south thirteen plus. So that was a bit of an implosion there. Um, we only had the uh, everyone got the. Sorry, we only had two points there for the for the Roosters. Um, the next game, Fish versus the Waz. Disgraceful tipping. Uh, not one point amongst any of you. Uh, the line was one and a half points in favour of well, the, the Waz were the favourites. Um, come kickoff though, the Waz were out to about three dollars fifty. I think they rested so many players. Mm. So. It was a tough one. That was a tough one. I'll let you guys off there. Okay. Next game. Panthers, 44, Cowboys, 12. Line was one and a half points. Denon, we'll put it down to a bit of new fatherhood, a bit of baby brain. <laughs> you took the Cowboys head to head. I thought there was a chance they might rest. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> not the case. Oh, no. Uh, everyone else had Penrith to cover easily. Um, great game. Panthers wrapped up the Miners Premiership and... Um, we learned that uh, Dylan Edwards had 193 assists <laughs> in the post-match as well. Really good game. Uh, Dragons 12, Knights 32. Line was one and a half points. Matty, well done. Too much needed points here in this one, taking the Knights and the Knights to cover. However, so did everybody else. Uh, <laughs> Knights easily covering the one and a half points there. Uh, then we're into the Sunday games. Uh, Kempe's Father's Day finest here. The Titans 34, Doggies 30. Line was eight and a half points. Everyone took Titans and to cover the ten and a half line, 
which they were doing until the 79 uh, and a half minute mark. Blake Wilson scored on the bell, cost everyone a point there. Uh, then the last game here, we've got the Sharks 26 versus the Milk <coughs> 6. The line seven and a half points here. Everyone went Sharks heads ahead. Timmy and Maddie went the Milk to cover the seven and a half, so they dropped a point there. So where did we finish? Again, I'm going to start from uh, who won, and we're going to work our way down to figure out who will be dancing be close. Uh, this week. So Guru. Huge week for Guru. Chook's in the eight and avoids the chicken dance <laughs> on 11 points. He is leading. And then we got Timmy and Denon, both on eight points. Oh. Maddie, you got seven, and that's with a sympathy bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes! get up here and show us your shorts, mate. Come on, baby. <laughs> yes, here we go, baby. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have some short shorts on. Hot pants maybe next time. Yeah. I wouldn't. Oh, he's got some shorts on. I'll, I'll pay that. Oh, Pull chicken up. legs, Buxton, come on down. Okay, <laughs> talk right. about a week from hell. All right, you ready? Hang Rabbitohs on. in turmoil. Here we go. That's it. That's five seconds. There we go. That's great stuff from well, Matty. That's great stuff. That's what happens, boys. You face the music if you don't tip well. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we've got a few tips for week one of the finals. I also want to get from you boys as well, your premiership winner and your top finals try scorer. Um, that one's uh, kicked off again leading into this week as well. So the first game we got, Broncos $1.61, mm -hmm. uh, Storm $2.31. The line is four and a half points. Now bearing in mind that the Broncos can't beat the Storm at Suncorp. Where are you going? I'm going Broncos, Broncos to cover. I'm going Broncos and Storm with the start. I'm going Broncos, Broncos to cover. Beautiful. A uh, lot of love for the Broncos, Matty? Storm, Storm. Storm, Storm. Wow. Get those shorts ready for another week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Panthers, $1.19. Warriors, uh, $4.70. Line, 12.5 points. Uh, Panthers, 13 plus, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, Panthers, Panthers for me. Panthers, Panthers. Lovely, a lot of love for the Panthers. Sharky, now this is a tight one according to the market. Sharky's $1.90, Chook's $1.94, and the line is 0.5. So when we did this last week, maybe if you want to give me a 1 to 12s uh, or, or 13 plus. Uh, Roosters and um, Roosters 1 to 12. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go my boys 1 to 12. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Clip that up. <laughs> I, I'm going to go uh, Sharky's 1 to 12. Lovely. Uh, and to, to wrap us up, the Knights $1.24, the Milk $4.10, and the line is 11.5 points. Uh, Knights? Knights 13 plus. Knights 13 plus. Yeah, Knights into Knights. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the Knights will win, and let's, I think they'll cover. Oh. That's, that's harrowing. Almost harrowing to hear Timmy. Yeah, it, did, yeah. it didn't feel wow. good, but look, I, I said I tip with the head, not the heart. <laughs> well, well, we'll move straight on to Premiership winner. Who wins it okay. from here? And I'll give you their associated price as well when you lock it in. Okay, Broncos. Broncos are getting three bucks, and they're, we've taken the most bets on the Broncos to win really? the Premiership. Really? Yep. Wow. I'm going to take the Penrith Panthers. At $2.40. Yep. Panthers are two forty. Broncos are 3 Yep. Close. <laughs> 60 cent difference between them two. Mate, the bookies no, You're mate. You're kidding. The bookies no, mate. Penrith. Penrith, $2.40, Matty. Melbourne. Melbourne at $6.50. Wow, that's a big call. If it lands, 
you might have made up for this terrible performance this just week. Just loves to dance, man. Yeah. Well, now's the time to get them. The, the, so they will come if they win week one. That'll come right in. Oh, for sure. Straight away off the back of that. Uh, the next one I was going to get you guys guys to go through here is the uh, your top try scorer um, for the sorry yeah top try scorer for finals as well. Yep. Uh, so who are you thinking? Selwyn Cobo. Selwyn Cobo seven bucks. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take one from the bottom four because I think they're going to play a few games over the next few weeks. Greg Marshew. Greg Marshew, 18 bucks. Thank you. I'm going sell and combo with you, Kempi. I like bucks. that. I like that. Dom wow, Young. Yeah, the other side. Mm, One yeah. of these have to be right. 18 bucks. One that you've all left out there, Dallin with Tenny Zalesniak. I reckon the Warriors will play three games. Okay. Uh, lose and then win at home and then play at least one more. He's, he's 10 bucks. And he's That's been flying as well. A bit of value in the top try scorer market for the finals as well. So um, who's who's the lowest um, the lowest odds? Uh, Cobo is joint with uh, Brian Toto. They're both seven dollars. Really? Interesting. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's it. We'll keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks. Great dancing today, Matty. <coughs> really stepped up. Uh, unlike the Rabbitohs. Oh uh, <laughs> wow! Says the Tigers fan. I was gonna. I was yeah. gonna say like the whole season. Honestly. Pretty much. Yeah. Back to back, baby. <laughs> Can we go the three peat next year? That's the real. That's the three peat everyone's looking for. Um, sadly, I think we probably will. And the irony of like you have as big a base as Penrith, and yet it's like the opposite end of the table. Yeah. Um. I mean, are you the only team to ever win a wooden spoon and get worse? We are. There was a lot of last year. The only way is up, chat. And um, uh, appara- apparently not. Uh, and there's, there's more teams coming in the next couple of years. So I don't know if we're through the worst of this, unfortunately. Um, but, I tell you what, you'd kill for a ninth now. Absolutely, I would. <laughs> absolutely. Ninth used to be the, the meme. Now it's a bloody a hope. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a distant memory. But, um, anyway, I hope Brooksy enjoys his barbecue and uh, looking forward to another tough year next year. Oh, that is great stuff as always, Hammy. Thanks so much for joining us, brother. No really worries, appreciate boys. Face well, music. Face some music, baby. Face some music. Alrighty, now it's time for Team of the Week at fullback, Cola. At two, Young. Three, Billy Smith. Four, Crichton. Five, Saab. Six, the old fella, Kieran Foran. Three tries, you're kidding. At seven, Nico Hines. Eight, big J-Wall, Jared Wallace. The biggest halfback I've ever seen playing front row. Nine, Damian Cook. Ten, it's my boy, Terrell May. Jeez, he's been, he must have been listening to the potty. The confidence this guy's playing with is outrageous. Uh, 11, Liam Martin. 12, Olakowatu. 13, Cam Murray. Uh, at 14, Fa'a Longo. At 15, Tepai Mairoa. At 16, Jack Williams. At 17, Sam Walker. Anything stand out there for you boys in the team of the week? Two things for me, mate. Kieran Foran, I consider him to be the father of rugby league at the moment <laughs> on Father's Day scoring three meat pies. And Jared Wallace, I think you said the biggest halfback you've ever seen. You missed out on my career, mate. Oh, wow. Yeah, fair. Okay, okay. Jay Wall, you've got some uh, competition there, mate, so don't carry on too much. I'm sure you will be carrying on a treat because I'll be on Mad Monday right now. Oh, imagine his chat. Yuck. Um, now, time for the hungriest player of the week. This was a very tough week, a very tough. You got guys like Cola, you got guys like Hines played extremely well, you got Foran. But the player of the week, or sorry, the hungriest player that fits this description, in my opinion, perfectly 
is Stephen Crichton. Use code Crichton for free delivery this week on MenuLock. That is right. Use code Crichton for free delivery. There's not even a, a, a qualifier. You just get free delivery when you put Crichton in. It's the best. You got to spend fifteen dollars though. Okay, you didn't put that in the notes. <laughs> that might have been helpful. That might have been helpful, Matty. Jeez Louise. You got to spend fifteen dollars, which is basically one meal. Put in the code Crichton. That is C R I C H T O N, mate. I absolutely loved his performance Just quickly, on the weekend. Who slacked off more over the weekend, South Sydney Rabbitohs or Matty Buxton? Mate, <laughs> uh, you know what? That's typical of the club right now. And where you're at, that's typical of the club. And where you're at, you, you're just unbelievable, Matty. But Stephen Crichton, I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. You could tell that these last few games mean something to him. How often have we seen players, when they move on to other clubs, their form almost drops off to a degree and they kind of care less. And look, I understand that Penrith are on their way to a, a potential three-peat, but I just thought that his attitude at that home ground showed you this wasn't a guy that didn't want to stay initially. Now, I know he's with the Bulldogs and I know he wants to be there now, but this is a guy that clearly loves the club and clearly loves the fans and loves the area. He was outstanding. And I tell you what, is he is he up there with one of the best centres this year so far again? Could he could, could he get another Dalian positional uh, award at the end of this year? Mate, I think it's really interesting with Critter. I think what I noted on the weekend, he actually moved back to left centre, which mm. he hasn't done in a while. So I was just having a look then. <coughs> If the Panthers win the competition this year, Critter would have won three comps in a row at three different positions. Wing, right centre, left centre. Mm. I challenge you to find me a player that has done that before. Insane. Insane. And what I'm loving about Critter's game is how many times do we see this kind of like athletic freaks come in and they rely on their talent and they have one or two good years, but he just keeps getting better. Like his defence gets more rounded out. He's He's... His choice to make the big plays, it gets better. His attack gets better. His ball playing is getting better. I think that he is truly, you know, one of the best outside backs in the game right now. And I think that, you know, he often gets overlooked because he's in a team with superstars that have been winning three-peats. But, okay, he had that debut for New South Wales. Granted, struggled a little bit. Came back into the side this year. He was outstanding. He was probably New South Wales in their top three players. That, that's a fair, fair statement for the series. Without a doubt, I think so. Yeah. And now he is going on to do you know, performances like this in big moments when they need to turn their form around. Stephen Crichton's been outstanding. I think that the bit you nailed it for me there, Campion, we're talking about comparing his last three or so seasons and how good he's been. This could be his best one. And I haven't um, compared uh, you know, attacking statistics, but it's how well-rounded his defence has become. Mm. You know, we know he's always had that aggressive attack, some shots in him, some real up-and-in-your-face defence. But... He's had a few defensive problems in the past, like any young centre in our game. But this season, he's just rounded out his decision-making defensively so well. And on the weekend, he was playing with some serious arrogance. And mm. I do not mean that in a bad way at all. I mean in a really good way where he was... He looked like he knew he was better than blokes out there and he mm. was toying with them. It was so, so good to see. Even when he scored his try and he pointed at Scotty Drinkwater, mm. I was like, damn, bro, that's, that's super harsh, Critter. Anyway, I'm just scrolling through my Instagram earlier, like later that day. <coughs> Guess what I see? Scotty Drinkwater's try against Penrith Panthers. He turned around and pointed oh, to him. Oh, stop it. So Critter, they've watched video and gone, fuck, if I score, I'm pointing straight <laughs> at him. And I think that's great. I think that's great. And, and I think that's the thing that's, um, you know, Penrith Panthers often, often get called cocky or whatever. And look, maybe they are. You've got to be certain kind of cocky to do what they've done. 
But they'll look at that in isolation, you know, Cowboys fans, and be like, oh, Critter, what are you doing, mate? Point at Scotty Drinker. What did he do wrong? But it was a response to when Scotty Drinkwater scored the match winner and pointed at them. And I, you know, as you said, that they might have done tape on it. I reckon Critter in that moment would have put that in the memory bank. Oh, for yeah, sure he would have. And yeah. I love that. That's what makes these Penrith Panthers great. We, I mean, we have to start talking about greatness here. We have to start talking about greatness is the fact that, okay, yeah, they're cocky, they're arrogant, but they back it up. They give as good as they get. You know, Scotty Drinkwater scores a match winner, you know, earlier in the year, points at them. They go, yep, sweet. There wasn't any pushing and shoving, nothing, all good. They wait until they play him in the next time and they do it the right way, which is scoring meaties. Did he do it after his first try? Pretty sure when Scotty Drinkwater... So not only it. did he, like, did the team back it up and they pumped the cows, but he scored the first try of the game. He then had the, the brilliant tap back for the second try. Oh, and then he had that unreal... I believe the third try might have been the flick out the back or it might have been a bit later on for Taruva, but... Scored the try, threw Drinky, pointed at him, and then just like put foot to the throat. Yeah, so impressive. I um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because like Critter, he's so marketable. So I wonder beginning the marquee signing at a big club like the Dogs, and I know that they're struggling right now. But let's just say they do somehow turn it around next year. I wonder whether he steps into that role of a marketable guy, big, tall, athletic superstar with highlight reels, and he is twenty. Two years old, good sort too. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? At twenty-two, like I think, I think everyone's a little bit. Will he make it as a fullback? Won't he? But just twenty-two, like he's got so much time Man. to be able to do that. I know, and like people try to look at the he plays like a random game here or there, and like nah, he's never going to be a fullback. Look, let's say worst case scenario, he's not still best center in the game. Essentially, <laughs> you know, if he's not the best center in the game. He's been in the top three for, what, three years now? Origin centre. Now, if you had a said to Penrith, let's say you go to Penrith and you go, let's say the rumoured amount that he's going to Bulldogs is, what, six, seven hundred k That's what we're thinking. If you went to Penrith and said, would you pay him six, seven hundred k to make the big plays to win the premierships that he's done in the past from wing and centre, you would take that every day of the week. So I get that you don't want to – if he does end up playing centre, I get you don't want to be playing, paying a centre that much, but – if there's one centre where you go, look, he can win your literal premierships with big plays, I know you need players around him, then you Critter is your guy. You know, he could be essentially winning three years in first grade. He could have won two times Dally M positional award. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And also, what's really interesting about Critter is that he doesn't rely on having six, six or seven runs and then the big moment comes. He'll have your 15 runs, mm. your 150 plus metres, your solid defence, then he'll make the big play. So I'm, I'm really excited to see Critter's career. And I hope that, look, some players don't want to become the marquee guy and step into that role. So that's totally too. A lot of players just want to play footy. You know, they often get, players get, fans go, oh, he's terrible on the mic. Not Critter, but like, oh, play, he can barely talk and this, that. Hey, he's a footy player. So there's a lot of players like, mate, I get paid to play rugby league. I'll promote the game if I have to, but I don't have to step into it and become, you know, the next Matty Johns. It's going to be interesting to see whether Critter decides to step into that kind of superstardom role and become the face of brands, the face of clubs, because he can be that. I've never really thought about it before, but yeah. He can really be that mm -hmm. because, and, you know, when he's at the Penrith Panthers, he'll probably never be that because <coughs> Nathan Cleary is that guy. Um, when he makes that move to fullback at the doggies, I don't know if it'll work or not. I, I have my doubts a little bit. Not that he won't go well, but 
how good can he be Top at tier. that level? Yeah. I can't wait to see it unfold and see him have a crack at it because we know how good he can be. Mm. And it's it's one of the most exciting things going into next season. And it, as you said, Kemp, it's a lot easier to stand out at fullback than at centre, particularly at a club where there's going to be a hell of a lot less superstars than there is at the Penrith Panthers. I get a few like of the Latrell vibes from when when Latrell went from centre at the Roosters to fullback at the Bunnies. Relatively similar situations where there's young centres, stars of our game. Question marks around both of them and their ability to move to fullback. It's different a little bit in that, as you said, Critter has a few more runs a game. His effort area is probably a few extra. Latrell, out-and-out freak. But Critter might just go to fullback at the at the doggies, I should say, and just blitz it. And we go, why would we even doubt his, yeah. his ability at fullback? See, I, I think that he will succeed because I just think he is so athletically gifted and then you, as long as he continues to work hard, you know, we, how often have we seen athletically gifted guys go to other clubs and they just get lazy? If he continues with this attitude at the dogs, I just can't see where he doesn't have enough coordination in his ball playing to, to become what he needs to be for the Bulldogs. Plus, at the very least, if you're paying 700K for a, even if you say he's the eighth or ninth best fullback in the game, he makes 200 metres a game, he, you know, diffuses bombs really well and he has a big play here or there. That's good enough at the moment for the dogs because what else are they going to do? Would they rather pay $1.3 million for, uh, you know, a known superstar fullback or whatever? So I, I, I actually think he's similar-ish to Suwali'i where they play fullback, they get through a bunch of work, mm. they, you know, 20 runs, 200 plus metres, they just need to work a little bit on their ball playing. Um, I, I actually think he'll, he'll be all right. And I think that regardless of whether he becomes a top five fullback or not, I still think he's going to bring value to the doggies. I just think it'll be interesting because I think there will be a lot of media attention on Oh, massive. It's like the pressure is going to be sky high for him. And um, I think that like the three of us, or the four of us, will be very patient with him developing into oh, a I'll fullback. be patient. But I'll be staying very, very patient. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, I, ju I just feel like if Canterbury don't start their season well, which based on what we've seen this season, I'm not convinced they will, mm. realistically. Uh, people are going to come for him yeah. quickly. He'll be that 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 probably 6 to 12, even 8 to 12 fullback category early on, I think, where he'll have some big plays, he'll, he'll impress, and it's that ball playing that if he hits the ground running and he's ball playing, it doesn't have to be as good as Scott Drinkwater and a few of the lead of the game, yeah. but if it comes along quickly, that's what will elevate him into top five fullbacks. Now, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we're looking at him, he's going to fight next year. Yeah. You start having these conversations, especially for the doggies out there who are going, need some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Ooh. And if that ball playing can come along, which it may, it may not, that, that, that could shift him up. And I think it's really interesting you brought up, similar to Latrell Mitchell, that was my biggest question mark. Is he going to have the ball yeah. playing? Mm. Little did I know he has some of the silkiest hands. Ever seen at a fullback. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I think he'll be like Latrell. When he's going well, everyone will go, oh, he's a fullback. And then when he's not going well, I told you he was yeah, a centre. centre. I told yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be a very, very similar uh, storyline. To be clear, though, I'm pretty sure the Bulldogs have come out. Can you Google this? I think Soraldo even came out and said he hasn't been signed specifically as a position. Mm. So I think the 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 yarn around he, he signed somewhere else to become a fullback might have been fabricated to kind of like push a certain narrative mm. you know you can you can one plus one equals two uh so i actually don't think he's fully locked into that fullback position yet which is a good thing which means they haven't paid him massive overs because if you're paying him a bigger amount of coin you're, you're putting him at fullback no matter what and also it makes that taft 
signing really interesting. Mm. Whether they go, okay, we'll put a battler at the back that you know has decent ball playing, and maybe we put Critter at um, in centre. So I'm pretty sure the Bulldogs have said he's not locked into any position yet. But you'd have to assume, given his talent, that he will at least get the first crack at fullback. They yeah. need him. I yeah. But like they need it. Oh, I think he will be the fullback. I'm. Um, he's locked in in my mind. Yeah, he'll play fullback. Yeah, I, I'm, but I'm just pretty sure that the club has come out and said yeah. that he hasn't been locked in anywhere. But you'd have to say he'd get the fir- uh, the first crack. It is just interesting the Taft signing though. That yes, late yeah. in the piece. Yeah, um, but they. I mean, I, I, I like the Taft signing because they're losing Jake Avrilla, mm. the guy that can sort of sub in anywhere. But like, so if you if you're Taft, you're basically going to dogs to be what you were at the Rabbitohs. Mm. And it's like, well, wouldn't you stay at a club that's, I know they bowed out of the eight. Anyway, we'll talk about it. We've got so many. Let's get to the rugby league. Rugby league. Anyway, Crichton. <laughs> Use a freaking code, all right? <laughs> uh, also, don't forget, Stan, get ready to cheer on your team in 2023 Rugby World Cup on Stan Sport, kicking off on the 9th of September. The only place to watch every game ad-free in 4K Ultra HD, live and on demand, is on the home of rugby, Stan Sport. Add the Stan Sport package now at stan.com.au slash sport. That is stan.com.au slash sport. Add the Stan Sport package. The Rugby Union World Cup. Look, there's nothing better. Seriously, a good Rugby Union World Cup. I know our boys are struggling at the moment, but if they go well, it is one of the best fixtures in sport. I dropped my best mate to the airport on Saturday. He's heading over for it. Had a look through their itinerary and whatnot. Jesus, it'd be a good trip over. Oh, mate. Such a good trip. Yeah. Such a good trip. So make sure to tune in on Stan, guys. The only place you can watch it, ad-free in 4K Ultra HD. All right. Now it is time for us to take an account of our uh, what we predicted earlier in the year. So it is time to, uh, yeah, it's time to be accountants, boys. And look at what we said at the start of the year in our predictions and see, do we know rugby league? Do we know rugby league or are we just a bunch of shit-talking losers that somehow have a lot of people listening? That's the question we pose right now. And it's very nervous areas for all of us right now. Okay. I'm feeling the latter oh, very confident. <laughs> okay, so at the start of the year, season hadn't started yet. We had our predictions. This is what we predicted for the Panthers. I said first to fourth. Guru said first to third. Timmy said first to second. Maddie said first to fourth. Timmy, boom, you win. And let's wrap it up there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Broncos. Yeah, the Raiders first to second, too, to be fair. <laughs> I'll keep score. Keep score? Okay. Ooh, okay. The Broncos. <laughs> I had six to tenth. Guru had seven to twelfth. Timmy had ninth to tenth. Maddie had seven to tenth. Thank you. I'll take that. That's a win for me. I oh, yeah, I actually had it in my mind, in my memory that you two were had the moments as a top four side. Was that? I, yeah, we'll get to that. I think. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Thanks for ruining the whole segment. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, okay. <laughs> Storm. I had fourth to eighth. Guru, third to six, but more specifically, fifth or six. Oh, what is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Timmy had fifth to eighth, and Maddie had fifth to six. So, look, is that a win for me or is that a win for Guru? 
You said more specifically well, fifth or sixth, and I said fourth I'm, date. I'm going to say Guru, and I'm going to call something out very early in the number of yeah, yeah, yeah. Kempi, so Kempi for the Warriors. Oh, we'll get under him. He's gone Warriors to finish first to seventeenth next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How big's your bracket? Oh, rightio. Okay, okay. So we'll give that to Guru. We'll give that to Guru. So it's one all. Um, now at fourth with the Warriors, I had ten to fifteenth. But I quoted, I think the Warriors might shock a few people this year. Now, I didn't think that shock us this much. I didn't think that shock us this much. Guru, 13th to 17th. Timmy, 13th to 14th. Maddie, 12th to 15th. That's a win for the beak, even though it's so far off. Um, okay. That's the most hollow victory I have ever <laughs> yeah. fucking seen. Look, it's all right, boys. Winners win, baby. 10th Winners to 15th. Win. Is this poke for real? Oh, give me a break. Even if I said 11th to 15th, it would have still won. Jeez. You guys don't know rugby league. I literally said they'll shock the You're, world. Yeah, 15th. <laughs> okay, Knights. I said 12th to 17th. Guru said 12th to 17th. Timmy said 13th to 15th. Uh, Maddie said not challenging for finals. I'm actually going to give this to Timmy because 13th to 15th is a very specific and it's only one more than nuts. Cheers, mate. I actually like this system, Kempi. <laughs> <laughs> Sharkies. I said 1st to 4th. Guru said first to fourth. Timmy said first to fourth. Maddie said minor premiers. So no one gets a point here, even though they are fifth? Six. 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 Oh, yeah, and Knights came fifth. Okay. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Roosters. <laughs> I had first to third and favourite to win the comp. They still can do that. They can still do that. Guru had top four. Timmy said win the comp dominant. They still could dominantly <laughs> win the comp. They've, they've snuck in, boys. Maddie had top four. Look, I don't think any of us get any points for this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a Maddie. Okay. We will revisit this, Kempi, if they win the comp. Of course we will. Of course we will. <laughs> Raiders. I had seven to tenth. Guru had seven to tenth. Timmy had eighth to ninth. Maddie had seven to tenth. The point goes to Timmy because obviously it's a bang on pretty much. Uh, nine. Rabbitohs. I said fourth to eighth. Guru, fourth. Timmy, fifth to eighth. Maddie, first to fourth. Timmy gets this one because uh, you had a, a smaller window and uh, a higher finish. At 10, Eels, I had fourth to eighth. Guru, fourth to eighth. Timmy, fourth to eighth. Maddie, seventh to tenth. He wins this one. Good get, Maddie. Cowboys, I had first to fourth. Guru had second to sixth, expecting third to fourth. Timmy had third to sixth. Maddie had third to fifth. So, look, I don't think any, look, I guess Timmy, but should anyone get any points for that? I yeah, don't think so. I should. <laughs> Six. Okay. Chalk it up as a half a point. Okay, I had Manly 6th to 10th, Guru 8th to 12th, Timmy 5th to 8th with Turbo, missed the 8th without Turbo. That's a fucking G up. 7th <laughs> to 10th for Maddie. I'm going to give this to Guru because they came 11th, didn't they? No, they came 12th, like I told you, boss. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Dolphins. I had 14th to 17th. Guru had 13th to 17th. Timmy had wooden spoon. Maddie had 16th to 17th. Timmy had him folding it, at the yeah, Timmy had him out of the comp, kicked out of the comp. Um, I, had him, I had him top eight in Queensland Cup. So I win this one. Thanks, boys. They finished 13th. Did they finish 13th? Yeah, I'm taking that one too. Did they so really? That, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that... Okay. Going into the round, them and the Titans, the Titans had like, we're up by about eight to 10. 
uh, for oh, against Wise. Okay. And because they put a score on the Warriors, they jumped them equal points, but jumped them by about 10 on. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought I had that time. one. All right, Guru. Okay. Bulldogs. I had them 10th to 14th. Guru had them 8th to 12th. Timmy, 9th to 12th. Maddie, 11th to 12th. And there we go, boys. Thank you for that win. <laughs> yeah, nicely done. I told you to stay patient, doggy fans. No one wants to listen to me, though. Dragons, I had 14th to 17th. Guru, bottom four. Timmy, 16th. Maddie, wooden spoon. Timmy gets the nod. Really? Tigers, I had 10th to 14th. Anywhere in the bottom eight for Guru. Timmy, 10th to 14th. Matty, 12th to 13th. Ooh. Um, no points, I guess, because me and Timmy were at the same. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty grim all around. All right. Um, do we have any quotes at all? Or? Oh, fuck. I thought we actually had some... Like we used to do, where we'd quote what we said. There was just so much said, so <laughs> it was hard to like nail quotes okay. down out of context. Um, so I said Broncos, if they get it together, we'll finish top four. You and Timmy said that the Broncos have the squad to make the top four, mm-hmm. but realistically, you think they're going to come wherever I wrote. Yeah, I, I remember walking away from that episode thinking, geez, those two are high on Brisbane. I'm not sure why. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I remember thinking that. Okay. Because I, I thought I would have gone harder on Newcastle, Matty. I remember that one episode we did of the off-season. I think that was last year. I thought I carried on. No, no, it was this year. This year. It was when I was Hastings signed with them. Yeah. No, I listened, I listened to the whole whole yeah. episode back on when on. Oh, you were, you were high on them this year. Cause of Hastings At one point, on. but it must have been. I must have folded like origami as I tried <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so who won that? No, no, who won the whole thing? You were keeping score. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I lost track. So, Timmy Timmy won by a fair it's bit. mad Monday in Redfern. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually keep score, though, the whole yeah, time? Yeah, so Timmy got five and a half. Dannon, you got three. Guru got three, and I got one. Okay, Timmy's a winner. You beauty. There you go. There you go. Um, hates the Dolphins, though, which is weird. <laughs> um, all righty. Uh, let's get into the round review. Um Okay. Uh, Storm defeat the Broncos 32-22. to 22. Um, Look, I spoke a bit about it in Packer Up Boys. I think that Broncos probably played how a lot of people expected, I'd say. Uh, I think the Storm are probably what really impressed people that night. I think that not enough people are giving credit for what the Storm did. They go up there, they got nothing to play for essentially. Broncos are playing for a minor premiership. Yes, granted, there was a little bit more experience in the Storm side, but not so much that the Broncos couldn't get the job done. I think the Storm, after that performance, have rocketed right back into premiership contention. I know it was reserve grade versus reserve grade or whatever in quotation marks, but you'd have to say both teams are bringing the equal amount back in when it comes to experience and how good they are. So you would argue that Storm are almost on an even playing field as the Broncos heading into finals footy. You could even argue they're a bit ahead because they've got finals experience. What do you think of the match, Skirit? Uh Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Obviously, I probably favoured awards seeing the young guys coming in mm. and whatnot. But there was a lot of guys we got to see, you know, a Howarth debut, been waiting a long time. Sua, he obviously carved it up. So that was great to see. Uh, and I agree with you, mate. I think, obviously, these two teams are playing each other again this week. And, geez, you could turn this competition on its head if Melbourne <laughs> go up there and mm. pull an upset, put mm. Brisbane and Penrith on the same side of the draw. All of a sudden... Newcastle, your Warriors, these sort of sides. If you can make it all the way to the grand final, one of Brisbane or Penrith might have to win two grand finals in two weeks. Like, if the Storm make a grand final with this current squad, 
It's it's incredible. Like it's yep. nothing short of absolutely incredible. And I personally think if they win this game on Friday night, I think they will be there. They probably should be there. Yeah. What do you reckon? What do you think about the match, Jimmy? Yeah. Look, I, I don't take as much out of it as you boys in terms of the the title race. Uh, there were plenty of things to take out of it in terms of your squad and your depth. But mm. the, you know, there were two. A lot of new faces coming in. A lot of players rested. I don't think it changes anything for next week at all in my eyes. The only thing that changed for me in terms of looking ahead to next week, and we'll obviously get to a preview of that game a little bit later, is Ryan Pappenhausen and his return. So the fact that he's come back in, got through a full game, looked outstanding, well, there's the X factor that you go, all right, that could push me into premiership contention once again. But look, I think the Broncos players sitting there on the bench watching on, They'd be, they'll be rested up coming into next week. Same goes for the Storm. Mm. But I, I haven't changed my opinion on, on what I think will happen next week. And I said we'll get to that a bit later. Mm. I still think the Bronx will win. Uh, but I think, it, I think it does change a little bit for the premiership contention. Because Ryan Pappenhausen, you saw the difference he made on that rugby league field. Like He looked like an origin-level player playing with you know, lower-tier players. And that's what we've kind of been... I guess discussing all year with the Storm, if they can somehow get Pappy, Munster, Hughes, Grant back together, add on that, I think guys like Tepe Maroa and uh, Tarek Sims even, uh, Josh King, we know what he can do. But those two guys, I think that that, if they do, I know one of them will get a bench spot, I would assume anyway, it just fills out that front row for them. I, I really thought they played really good footy as front rowers and that's the one concern we've kind of had for storm is waiting for pappy and also just when they lose that starting front row how do they go pappy's return absolutely changes stuff next week but the rest of it not as much for me um so another like a shout out for in regards to performance i thought joe chan when he came on was bloody good too he was very good he was really really good um but what were your thoughts on we'll get to this let's talk to the storm first thoughts on the far long or yeah, it was really good to see, mate. Um, obviously, you know, you did a reaction video a couple a year or two ago on him. Now, I think it's the start of this year. Yeah. Start of this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd heard about him last year. Yeah. As like you know, you hear and you watch a little snippet here. It was this year though that I actually got like a good look at him. Yeah, and you know, he's the sort of guy that he's been absolutely carving it up in the host plus cup up there for a very long time for the Falcons, but. You watch the stuff he does in reserve grade and it's almost like, oh, can you actually do that in first grade? Mm. And then to see him in game one at Suncorp do exactly that mm. is just incredible. He's also a um, a Victoria junior, so he's yeah. come through there. So pretty special for the Melbourne Storm. And doesn't it just feel like every three years you look at the Melbourne Storm and you go, oh, shit, they've got three gun fullbacks. How do oh, they fit mate. them all in? And here it's we go all over again. Unbelievable. I yeah. will say as well, Falongo, he's almost – the first fully like elite level standard player that has come all the way through Bellamy's system. Like, and that is something to be quite concerned about if you're another club. If they can hold on to him, obviously little Pappy um, will stay there. But when you think about it, there no, hasn't been a really, there's been battlers that have come up through Victoria. I think it's five players. Mm. He has, I'd assume from day dot, as soon as he got into a professional outfit, not even professional outfit, into systems, it was the Storm system. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he played Harold Matz and SG Ball for the Thunderbolts, So, yeah, which wow. is the Melbourne side who normally get played off the park, but he was a standout from there. Was, it was actually, I think it was the start of this season because he played in the trial at the start of this year and I spoke about him during the week, mm. put up a video before that game and he played really well in that trial. But you have a look even at like the footage that was available of him mm. on that thing I posted, like... 
it's very park footy stuff yeah, down yeah, there. Like yeah. a very, like almost looked like it was filmed off a phone sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, super exciting, mate. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bolter to, you know, I, I think Samoa he can play for at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, Samoan. Oh, Is he related to David him, Fire Logo? 100% you would. Related to David Fire Logo at all or not? Not sure. I'm I, sure. Um, I, 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 thanks for the message. So I got messages on how to pronounce it. I think it's Fire Longo. Fire Longo. So I don't think you say the G, Go. Far long Yeah. But that's probably wrong too. But I did get messages, so I've been practicing it far long When I posted that thing long about long. him earlier in the year, I reached out to him mm. and he said that's how to pronounce okay. it. Still far a lot of people tell me I was wrong. wrong but <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. Was full on, yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll probably still stuff it up here and there, but we'll, as you guys know, listeners, we always try our hardest to get it correct. Obviously an athletic freak. I'd love to hear his story, and he's probably already told it about why coming through Victoria, why rugby league and that, because you look at him move around, I'm sure he could have been half-handy at uh, Aussie rules. Mate, how the Storm have managed to just keep it on wraps? Because when you see a guy that athletically explosive, you often hear about what they're doing at training, you know, like there's this kid at the storm training that is absolutely dicing Munster to bits, Hughes to bits, and they're just so good at like keeping a lid on their superstars coming through. Well, if you talk to anyone who watches the Host Plus Cup up there, they're aware. Mm, but yeah. it just, but you're right, it hasn't leaked fully. Not at all. No. Another like this, this, this absolute like we're not talking about yeah, pretty good fullback coming through. We're talking about a guy that's footwork is as explosive as we've seen from a debutant, yeah. like. He would be up there with other debutants with how good his footwork is. And I know it would have excited you more than anyone can be, but the goosey. All day long, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one of the best ones we've Mate, seen, I reckon. Seriously, literally broke my neck at home. <laughs> Guru. Spend, goosey. Spent a bit of time in the wing in Q Cup as well, so... That's good to know. Could, yeah, so I could slot in on the yeah. wing for the Storm. Because he's year. not that big. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's why I wouldn't mind Sloan going to the wing, just to teach him, like the kind of boring, monotonous part of rugby league. And that's really interesting that... Um, when, uh, when Pappy went back for the Falcons, he jumped onto the wing the last few weeks. Yeah. There's a mo- there was a moment two weeks ago where Pappy got the ball at fullback and he passed to him coming out of his own 20. He chipped over the top, regathered, and scored in the opposite corner yeah. untouched. Like, just a freak. Yeah. Far out. So exciting. I cannot wait to see him, um, you know, just progress. And honestly, if I'm a struggling club, I just throw a big coin at him. You got, I just... Just make a Hail Mary. doesn't work. Shit. And if I'm him, I think the strongest thing you can do is say no at the moment. Oh, for sure. The strongest thing you can do is say no and just say, Billy, can you be down at training as much as possible, please? Short trip up the Hume Highway to the nation's capital, boys. Doesn't have to get too far from family and friends back home in Vic. I, I honestly, if I'm a, a, an opposing club and I don't have a fullback, I'm honestly looking at the areas of like five, 600K. And I know that sounds <clears> insane, <throat> insane for a... a a guy that's played one in a row game. But you have to ask yourself, if he just plays, if he becomes a top 10 fullback, that's unders for a fullback. I would have signed him for 500 two weeks ago and I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's like that's unders for a fullback and you saw what he did in his first game and there's there's a difference between coming into a squad that's like just an absolute dominant squad and going well and individual brilliance. And that's what we saw on the weekend. It was individual, just absolute brilliance. Matter of fact, there's an argument to be made if he's not playing, they don't win that game. Um, I mean, they scored. He scored two tries, so it's like. Um, so if I, yeah, if I'm another club, I am pushing hard for him. But you know, if you're his advisor and you're his manager and you really care about the kid, you say, mate, just spend at least another a year or two here, and then you can go and get the big contract. But 
you're gonna you're gonna earn way more money by staying at the Storm long term than probably. Oh, you don't know that he could go to another club and become the best uh, fullback in the game, and maybe he earns Bitcoin then. But I just reckon another year or two at the Storm and then make your choice rather than now is a good idea. I really hope he does play um, internationals at the end of the year. Oh, because awesome, hey? that actually makes the Samoan side so good. Because then you've got Suoliki one side, Critter the other side, and Falongo at the back there. That's scary. Yep. Scary stuff. Very scary. Uh, another guy I want to talk about, Tepe Mayora. Uh, Mayora. I hope I'm saying that right. I thought his impact off the bench was absolutely outstanding. I, I actually think he, he almost turned the game. There was a period there, even I think before the send 10 in the bin, where the Broncos seemed to like kind of get in their groove a little bit. I know that they weren't as dynamic with the ball and their you know, uh, backline players were nowhere near as slick as they usually are. But their forwards seemed to be kind of getting the upper hand. And Tepe Mayotta came on and just completely blew the game open. Quick play of the ball, super aggressive defence. I mean, we're talking about a guy that came on and what was he? He played like very limited minutes, 30 minutes, I think. I'm trying to get up here, sorry. So he played 35 minutes. He had 12 runs, 128 metres, so averaged more than 10 metres a run. 45 post-contact. He had seven tackle breaks and a line break, 17 tackles and one miss, all in 35 minutes. Like that is perfect impact. He uh, Tepai when he was coming through, he, I believe he was at Newington, and mm. he was like a union prodigy. He was absolutely killing it. Then signed with Parramatta, and did anyone remember his first grade debut? Like he he looked like he was going to absolutely blow it away, mm. and then it, it all slowed down for a couple of years. I mean, he still played a hundred first grade games for Parramatta. Yeah. Went over to Union, played with the Waratahs and whatnot. It's now come back at the Melbourne Storm and. I think he's going to be probably a more important guy than what we expected mm. during this final How old is he? Do you, can you get his age up? 27 years old. So he's been around so for a got, while. Okay, yeah. but he's also got some time too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We're expecting a bit more, like to see him featured a fair bit more. Because he, he came, went back to the Storm and the NRL late last year, from memory. Yes. Yeah. Late yeah, last year. I yep. thought we'd feature a bit more this season. I believe he had injury troubles and just a struggle to get back going again. But yeah, a bit, could have a big impact on Isn't him. Isn't it interesting that, you know, a lot of fans will be like, oh, bloody hell, we don't have forwards or we don't have backs or whatever but you you don't notice like the storm are trying to bring in forwards like they're trying to find the guy that come in and replace and um what do you got there uh year before 2021 he came to the storm mm. oh yeah it was that it was a pre- the one where they won the minor apprenticeship yeah, right? yeah, yeah. that huge run uh another guy that i thought was outstanding for the storm uh jaden nikarima nikarima yeah. um two tries um 68, but he just looks super, super slick. Super slick. Two tries here, and it probably should have been three. Yeah, should have been three. And every time he got the ball, it made me nervous as a Broncos fan. I was like, oh, the, like the space just seems to be there. They seem to be hanging off him. And that's a sign of a really good player that they make defences nervous. Um, who else stood out for you, boys? Uh, we got to see the debut of Jack Howarth. It's been a long time coming. Potentially the longest time coming of any debutant. Never mm. when you consider signed a five-year deal a couple of years ago, and I think, I think we're almost in year three of that deal now. Year three? Like year two, maybe? Maybe year two, I think, because it would have been two, signed yeah. two and a, like half years yeah, ago. Yeah, probably year two, actually. One, two. Still, they want a five-year deal at Melbourne, who we've been of. saying for ages, geez, they're pack struggling. Yeah. Mm. So I only see him now uh, has really surprised me. Played about 65 minutes there. Got through his work. Uh, probably didn't have the well, – he hasn't had the breakout moment yet that mm. I expected him to. Uh, but it's good to finally see him. I don't yeah. know what the story is there. You can assume or jump to conclusions as much as you want, but good to just finally see him. For sure. I thought he looked all right. Good in contact. Didn't mm. look overawed. 31 tackles, only one miss, which is a great sign. Um, he had nine runs for 80 metres, so his contact is okay, which yeah. is good for a young fella. 
Um, and Craig Bellamy obviously listens to the podcast because <laughs> didn't come as a centre, did he? <laughs> Belly Ake, you got that one wrong, mate. Just saying. <laughs> but he's another one from that class that people just need to keep in mind that, you know, they played all their junior football, same as Sewer, during COVID. Mm. So they have got big gaps in their development sure. that normal guys don't. Mm. Look, if anyone – I will go to the grave. Craig Bellamy is the greatest player developer in the history of the game. So if there's any coach that can develop him into a superstar, it's Craig Bellamy. Yeah. And I'm sure that if he goes on to have a good career, I reckon in years to come he'll be talking about the two years that he was forced to be patient and what he oh, would have learned for during sure. that period. Maybe Bellamy's told him to stay patient. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> stay patient, our fans. <laughs> yeah, stay patient, our fans. He pulled him into the office and he just kept saying each week, stay patient. <laughs> Stay patient, baby. Um, we already. Sorry, sorry. So, so Howard signed the deal at the start of 2022, but he had a di- he had a year left. So the five year deal actually started this year, 2023, goes to 2027, but he signed at the start of 2022. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Jeez, that is so big wraps. Like <clears throat> the Storm to sign him on a f- the Storm. Cameron Smith didn't even sign five year deals. Billy Slater didn't even sign five year deals. That is such big wraps. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I just I thought the Storm were outstanding. I thought they, I really like what I saw. The fact that they're all on board. That I think it was them, in the Penrith Panthers. They're the only two sides that completed over eighty five percent. I'll just check. I think the Tigers also completed like eighty percent, but you know they didn't have the ball. Um, sorry guys, I'll just get up the Panthers completion. I think it was like eighty five or eighty four. Eighty four percent. Isn't that telling? Yep. Like, isn't that telling? Heading into finals footy, the two teams that have been there and done it, the two teams that are the most ready, the two best sides in the competition, the game before finals footy, 84% completion and 85% completion rate. Like, that is a good side preparing itself for big matches in finals footy. Um, is it, I was just having a look at the Melbourne Storm and, like, where they finished over the years, and I don't have it in front of me, but, geez, I'd love to see how many times over the last few years they've finished top four. Obviously, last year they finished fifth, but before that, I think it was seven years. 2014 was the last time they'd missed. So since 2011, they've missed the top four twice. And those years, fifth and sixth. Yeah. I'll, I'll read it out to you. So since, let's say since um, 2006, when they made the grand final, is where they, they, came, they came first, first, 2007 first, 2008 first, 2009 fourth, 2010 was the um, salary cap year, 2011 first, 2012 second, 2013 third, 2014 sixth, bad year, 2015 fourth, 2016 first, 17 first, 18 second, 19 first, 20 second, 21 first, and then fifth. Unbelievable. It is truly unbelievable what they do. Uh, so that means it's been like 15 plus years since week one finals. They haven't either had a second bite of the cherry or a home final. It's crazy. So impressive. So impressive. Yeah, I, I reckon they've... You know, for a year of like super inconsistency, uh, for a year where I've just, I just don't know if they have that gear in them to go into a grand final. I, I'm, um, I actually think they are a premiership threat now. Um, I do think that even if they do lose to Broncos this week, which is you know almost fifty fifty, some would say more their side sixty forty. I'm, I'm confident they win that next week at the very least. Mm. Um, so I guess we'll see. Since 2002, the Melbourne Storm haven't had a home game in finals week one in th- on three occasions. And Jesus. one of those was the year they, lot they were, didn't have because of the salary cap. Stupid. And the other years is because they finished third or fourth and you just don't get a home final. 
Unbelievable. That is crazy stuff. Yeah. That is crazy stuff. Um, and it, I guess it puts into perspective, you know, what Penrith are doing is absolutely amazing. Amazing. They may go three in a row, but they're still another 15 years away from doing what the Storm have done. Yep. You know, it, it, no, I, look, I back them in to do it. Everything is lined up for them to do it. But if you're a Storm fan or, or whatever, you, you, you're almost sitting there going, don't compare us to anyone in the last 20 years. Like We have been in the top four essentially for 20 years now. No other team can say they've done that. Um, and like they did, like 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 the Roosters have been super successful over the years, but they've had their years where they have just bottomed out completely. Yeah. South Sydney have had their years where they've <coughs> bottomed out completely. Melbourne, yeah, yeah, they won a spoon in twenty ten, but you know salary cap. Outside mm. of that, literally their worst season is sixth. It's insane. It's insane. All right, now onto the Brizzy Broncos. Uh, I thought, uh, aside from one or two little errors, I thought Tristan Saylor was amazing. Another guy that if I'm a lower tier club, I'm signing. I'm trying to sign at least because obviously he's not probably not going to get a crack behind Reese Walsh. Uh, he's killing it in Q Cup. His second game in first grade this year, he's been outstanding. Geez, it's um, a good place that the club is in where they can have Reese Walsh as their number one fullback, and then Tristan Saylor can come in and play like that. He's uh, he is super super slick. Two hundred meters, one line break, three line break assists, two try assists, eight tackle breaks in a loss. Special, unbelievable. And then in Q Cup. This season, you mentioned just killing it there, Campy. 14 games this season, six tries, 20 try assists, 20 line break assists. Like, he's had something special about him since when he was down at the Dragons. He got a few NRL starts there in limited opportunity. He's obviously got a few chances at the Broncos now. Like, he's got NRL starter written all over him. Jeez, yeah. he's talented. Mate. And, it, and, like, think about when he gets a few, you know, 10 games under his mm. belt or, or even 15 or 20 or two years under his belt. If this is what he's doing now... Imagine what he's going to be doing in two years of first grade. And you look at, like, Broncos going to finals. God forbid something happens to Reese Walsh and he yeah, goes down. It's true. You got Tristan Taylor coming up, sweet. Yeah. And obviously not trying to say they're anywhere near the same level, but... It's not like disaster. Like not at all, you no. like, Okay, look, it's not as good for sure, but Tristan Taylor's not bad. And, and, and quite like for like in a sense that he's a decent ball player, lightning quick, mm. like... Oh, gee, if he was available for the Raiders, how much would you sign Taylor for? Uh, like he wouldn't be on much up there at the moment, but you'd probably look to give him four hundred k. Man, I'd go him. Oh, I'd go Maybe five six hundred five. Yeah, just because. And people might go, "Why do you keep throwing up these huge numbers for a fullback that hasn't done that much?" It's like, look, what are your current situation? Mm. You can you can roll in the next year and save yourself five six hundred k and pay another guy four hundred k or three hundred fifty to be a bottom eight fullback, even bottom and, four. And also. Why hasn't he done that much? Well, it's because he had all the off-field stuff at the Dragons and he was rubbed out of the game for a while. Yeah. And he's come back and killed it at every opportunity he's had. So yeah. if it wasn't stunted from that, you know, maybe he's a top 10 fullback in the game right now. Like, And it's just like, what is your alternative? So, okay, you're going to save, let's say, let's say you went into next year with Rapana as your fullback. Okay, maybe you save, three, you save 300 grand. Let's just be really, let's say Rapana's only on 300 grand. Is, is it worth saving 300 grand to almost know that A, Rapana is a bit older, but B, he's, he's a great winger. He's not a fullback, even though some of his ball playing has been pretty outstanding. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost like you have to not look at it in isolation and look at it rather as what is the alternative. The alternative is going into another year with a guy that's not a genuine fullback. He's a winger. The alternative upside for you is if you do get Tristan for five 600K and he plays just 
85% of what he's playing now, that's a good salary. That's a balanced salary cap to have a gun fullback at five, six hundred K. Like it's not that bad. And that's where, you know, five, six hundred K is a lot to spend. But if you get it right, like imagine if the Broncos would have three years ago done what, or two years ago, whatever it was, done what the Warriors did and went and got Reese Walsh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, imagine if the Broncos said, oh, 400K, you know, to bring Reese back. Like that's going to put out some of our. No, they moved people around. They got him back. And now they're going, it's like the deal of the century. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, now, uh, other players that played well, uh, I thought uh, I thought Corey Jensen, Ripton Ted, um, Flegler, I thought he you know had a had a crack. But my main guy that I thought I really liked is Jordan Rickey. I think he's just had such a good year, uh, and it's all in the little things. Even from game one to game now, it's all the little things that he's rounded his game out. How interesting has it been since Ricky comes into grade, and you almost expect him to be this explosive highlight reel edge back rower. And yet he's done all the other things. It's all the little, it's a kick chase. It's a really strong defense. It's aggression. It's getting through your work. I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. Ricky, it feels like he's matured years in months. A hundred percent. I remember getting to like round eight, round 10, around that mark at the start of this year and Broncos were going good. But honestly, he was irking me week in, week out. Mm. Just with little things that he was doing or just the one or two errors that were happening every single week. He's a new footballer now. Yeah. So it's so good to see. So good to see. And it's... It's a mature game. It's a mature game. And the big things will happen. They'll absolutely happen. We know he's got that athletic ability in him, but it's the attitude side of things and, and knowing what he offers to a team. And, and when you play like that, that's the kind of footy that keeps you in a side, regardless of whether you have the highlight reels or not for 10 years. Whereas if you're the highlight reel guy that does it every second or third week, very easy to lose that highlight reel and then you get dropped. This is what you can build a career on. The other name you mentioned there was Corey Jensen. Jesus is a solid front row forward. <laughs> Bloody hope he is. Like, you're never going to have to pay him much money, but he will just do a job every single week for you. I think that there's a lot of teams out there that could do much worse than having Corey Jensen in their starting pack. Oh. Broncos' depth this season, oh, it's, it's so good. Like you mentioned, Ricky, Piyakura, disregarding the three times put on report in one game, but <laughs> just looks so damaging. He's such a good ball runner. Like he's going to be something special. Corey Oates might not get selected for week one of finals. Piyakura is going to be coming off the bench. Far out, you've, you're in this premiership window and they said losing a couple next year, but every chance this year. And like a guy like Deloitte Hoyter, you know, not even spoken about, but he had 13 runs, 164 metres, three tackle breaks, two line breaks. Like, and he's what, third or fourth down the pecking order? He's the sort of guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he jumps up the pecking order in trials next year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then you've got Jordan Pereira. You know what I mean? That's yeah. also at the club. Like, that is a, an embarrassment of riches in the yeah. back line. An embarrassment of riches. You know what I love, too, in this game, Kempi? And we've spoken about it before this year, but Marty, he was at the Manly Seagulls last year, throwing his hands up in the air, not happy, gets to this game, and he's essentially played the, the same role the entire year. Play 30 minutes, do a job for us. Gets to this game, they rest everyone. Marty just plays his same role, and he's yeah. just happy to do his thing for this side. It's Mate, great to see. He's been such a good signing for the club. So important that you have like squad balance and guys like Marty. And I agree with you, mate. I I looked at last year and I was like, fuck. If if you if that if we saw that little snapshot of him throwing his arms up and we're going, oh no, is that purely his fault? And is that the way he sees things? He's come up to the Broncos, and although you still don't want to see those clips put up, you'd have to say clearly there was more going on. If a guy can come up to Brisbane and fully play his role like this. He's so frustrated that he's doing that. There had to be a, a bit more going on because mm. he's getting the ball less up in Brisbane but seems happier. 
Um, What'd you make of Blake Moser? Solid. Yeah. Solid. I yeah got on did his job. But I don't think Blake Moser is going to be a guy that's going to. He's not going to come on and just blow the world apart. Or I think he's going to be a guy similar-ish to Cameron Smith, where like they build into their careers and they get to like year three or four, and you go, hang on a sec, this guy is like so well-rounded. Um, now, Smithy came straight in and first year or two he was playing Origin. Um, I think the second, even the, what was his second or third year. So there's obviously a difference. Like I'm not saying he's where Cam, Cam is, but I just mean as style of player. Whereas you could see a guy like um, Cookie, for example, even though he took a while to debut, he can come in and explode onto the scene. Harry get, Grant, get, get those highlight reel moments. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think Blake Moser is going to be a slow, steady build into what, you know, where you start to really appreciate what he brings to a side. Yeah, he, uh, he moves very differently to other hookers, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a bit taller too. He's a bit, yeah, that's what I was actually looking at him the other day going, does he stay a hooker his whole career? I, mm. I, I wonder if, mate, like he, he almost looks like a bit of a 5'8 to me at times, but. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I He's got massive, massive wraps on him. I, I think it'll be a slow burn, to be honest. I think it'll be a slow burn. I think also there'll be games where people just don't appreciate what he does because yeah. he's like, an out and out he plays like the game like an out and out hooker that his role is to deliver good service to the people around him um but yeah he was good uh so look definitely disappointing that we couldn't get the minor premiership couldn't just get the job done especially with a player off the field you know i do think that you know madden and rogers uh, first of all rogers kicking converting mm. is unbelievable it's like a rugby union convert it's unbelievable um, I do think they just struggled a little bit to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and go, boys, we're going here and just get it done. Looked a bit like sometimes the forwards were like, where do I possible, where do I possible? Um, but that's understandable. Like You've got a whole new spine. Um, you know, Tyson Smoothie, Madden, Rogers, and Tristan Saylor weren't even at the club essentially last year. Uh, whereas, you know, you look at the Storm, you've got Pappy, Nikorima, Wishart was at the club last year, and Bronson Garlic has essentially been starting for the last... At least last month. Mm. I yeah. love Kempi. Such a, a sign of growth as a coach and, and as a bloke as well, mm. Kevy Walters. Just going, I have an opportunity to, to walk in a, a minor premiership in the sense if he played his full strength team this week, have that on his resume, mm. you know, a bloke who, who was under pressure as much as 12, 18 months ago. And you go, no, I'll rest him. I'll get my players right, fit, ready to go for week one of the finals, rest any niggles. There's a bigger picture here, and it isn't the minor premiership. Mm. That is like it's a pretty big play. Like Ivan Cleary, who played a strong side, and, and I think the reason for that being that he'd had Stagley's restings, and they had been a bit clunky, so he wanted to get that. The Broncos were firing, and but like Ivan Cleary could have rested. And we're like, I don't need another minor premiership. What of yep. it? But Kevin Walters easily could have gone. I want this on my resume, a big big win. But he's gone. Nah, big picture. That's a great point. That's a great point. Selfishly, Kevy could have been like. A minor premiership on your resume is pretty big. That keeps you around for what another five, six mm. years minimum. Because you just, if you can win a minor prem, even if things go south the next year or two, there's going to be other clubs going. Well, bloody, he can essentially be the best side all year long. Uh, so that's a great point. It's a really good point. And I think that it just shows you that, you know, Kevy is all about the Broncos. He's all about what is best for the Brisbane Broncos. And I also think that you're seeing. You know, a really good example of it doesn't matter how far we come in science, training, rehab, recovery, there is something to be said for like tradition, culture, and believing in something that come before you. And that's what Kevy has brought. I, I don't think, 
you know, is would Kevy be the biggest X's and O's guys that makes the boys everything to a minute? No, I think he's more he's more along the lines of I want you to be the best you can be, and I trust your ability to get the job done rather than me having to mm-hmm. control, you know, almost be too controlling and control every single second of every single game. And I think he's brought that back to the Broncos. Just on Kevy, I was just thinking then, wouldn't it be unbelievable? Like obviously the Broncos and the Panthers are the premiership favourites right now. If that turns out to be our grand final, we'll have a father and son. Coach and player combination. Oh, that is crazy. That I was having a look the other day at um, players in the NRL era that have won premierships at the same club their fathers did. There's only been five of them in the NRL era over the last 20 odd years, and yeah. Billy could be the sixth. That'd be pretty special. Bro, I hate to pour cold water, but that happened last year. What did? Uh, Brad Arthur, Jake Arthur. Oh, Jake Arthur, of course. Good <laughs> yeah. guru. That's some real cold water. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen that one. He's been guru. drowning all week since Friday, Matty. Just remarkable. Has not happened in 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not even. Um, yeah, so good stuff. Uh, Seagulls, Tigers. We'll just quickly get through this, guys, because obviously it doesn't have impact. Um, look, really, really good for Manly. I guess the biggest concern is, is they're almost playing into their own trope of... When the game, nothing's on the line and you're playing teams at a bottom of the table, you just kill it. Um, so, yeah, really, really good. I'm sure it's, a, it's great to finish on the end of the, the season like this. Look, I don't understand he was playing Bulldogs and Tigers, but I do think there's a bit of merit into going, hey, cooler with a full preseason at fullback. Maybe. Tommy Trevojevic at centre. Just, just to get his legs under him and then eventually maybe put him back there. I know it was a peck that he did playing and he was playing center but it's just like trying to put him in situations where decreasing the chances of injury i understand that it was a peck last time but it's like maybe you just put him at center for the first month of rugby league you train we know tommy can go back there and absolutely kill it but the way cool has been playing it's like jesus imagine him a whole preseason at fullback i sat there on the weekend and i watched aj brimson play center and i thought my god what a waste this is Mm. And then you watch Cole play fullback and you go, what a waste it is, him yeah. sitting out at right centre. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a roaming role. We said last week, Kempi, I don't know if Cole is the sort of guy to bring himself out of that corridor and roam around the field. But I think if not, you've got to have certain plays or certain sets that are designed to bring Cole into He's got to be brought in. Yeah. You know what? After the last two weeks and how much fun Cole would have had at fullback and just carving up at NRL level going, I am like the best bloke on the field, not far off it. Surely he's just got a taste of, I'm not sitting out there in the edge all next year. I, I'm hope coming so. in I don't know five. if he's like that. I really don't. He's I reckon so he's humble. so humble that yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he still does sit out there. But that's where Seabs has got him. Mate, yeah. you get in a moment. Yeah. And he's got the perfect person to teach me how to do it, Tom Trevojevic. Yeah. He's yeah. the best roaming centre I've ever seen. Yeah. I think he like half invented that role as far in origin, as far as I'm concerned, as a player. He can sit there and talk to Tommy, how do you do it? Where did you initiate yourself, uh, implement yourself into the game as a centre sliding and, and going across the field? So mm. that manly side next season with Cole Aromi at centre, that's frightening. Brooksy at six as well. So, like, it's just hard with manly because you go every year, you're like, all right, they're going to challenge. And then they're there or thereabouts and they fly under the radar. Like not a lot of people go, what the hell? They didn't even make the eight. They're sitting 11th. And you go, they never go bad enough to criticise exactly. them heavily. They just float. They yeah. just float in. You go, oh, okay, I guess I guess it's okay. But they're basically finishing same position as they did last year. And last year they had that huge drama. Yeah. So it's like, that's not good. 
That's not good at all. Yeah, what, what's the highest Manly got to this year on the ladder? Like, were they ever eighth? I think eighth. Yeah, seventh or eighth, maybe. Oh, I think at the start of the year they like had two wins, so they would have been like up the top. Yeah, but start of the year, obviously. But even like we sit there and we're laughing at the preseason predictions about with and without Tommy. Well, they finished three points outside the eight. I think if Tommy stays fit, they do make the eight. Like he just has that big. Of I know, but on. I just, I just think as a club, they've got to move past this like. With Tommy. Yeah, they can't have the reliance on yeah. it because it's cost them finals, cup seasons in a row. It's like three years yeah. in a row now. Well, yeah. well, you kind of felt like they had last year. Jersey Gate hit. Yeah. Like they were flying until that yeah. moment. Mm. So at the start of the year, after round eight, they'd had four wins, a draw and a bye, and they were sitting fourth. That's as high as they got. They they lost the next next few, and then they, made the fi- they were in the top eight one more time after round 13, and that's it. Yeah. And and they, so, fi- they finished 11 wins, a draw, 12 losses, so... It's not bad. That's it's what not, I mean. It's, it's not like, good enough. It's not like it's not disaster yeah. where you go, changes, blah, blah. But it's also like, you know, with everything that happened last year, mm. to, to think that they're still in that same position, essentially in the same position. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to – and then but then you look at the positives and you go, guys like Olakawatu, guys like DC had arguably the best year of his bloody career individually. Guys like Kola. Um, yeah. Uh, it's – they're such an interesting team to kind of – Analyze. And even still then, pardon me, wanted to say, yeah, but Turbo did get injured. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, like, it, and there's no hiding behind that. $1.1 million of the salary cap was not on the rugby league field. So that is a fact and you can't. Yeah. And you have to also admit, if he was playing, they'd probably squeeze into the eight. So I don't know. I don't, fuck, fuck if I know. <laughs> um, Tigers, not much to say. Not much to say at all, to be honest. Uh, Roosters versus Rabbitohs, or Rabbitohs versus Roosters. Roosters get the job done. Roosters defeat the Rabbitohs, 26 to 12. Uh, look, I, to be honest, I I tipped the Roosters. I thought it would play out exactly the way it did. You know, Rabbitohs hung in there in the first half. Then maybe for 10 or so minutes of the second half, they had a lot of the ball, but then they just faded away towards the end. Uh, if you didn't need more evidence... Clearly, the environment there is just nowhere near where it needs to be. And I don't mean that their players are off each other because um, I don't think that's the case at all. But I do think the environment that's been created above them is not anywhere near as good as it should be. I cannot believe we're at finals week one and the Roosters are in finals and the Rabbitohs are. I know. It's you consider insane. how this season went. And even in this game, like the Roosters were without JWH, Manu and Toops as well. Mm. It's... And like, oh, I tipped them as well, but just to think how this season has played out for both clubs, I cannot believe it. The Roosters. <laughs> You've got to give Trent Robinson raps. You know, there was halfway through the season, I'm like, he just needs a full reset. I think that it's just not working. They don't seem to be reacting to Robert Robbo, they, you know, the way that we know they can. And somehow, some way, he just pulls the boys together to just fight tooth and nail to get into the eight. It is astounding. And it's a reminder that although they're nowhere near where we expect them to be, and look, they could still win a comp from here, but let, let's just assume we're just taking it off face value of where their season has ended. They're nowhere near where they should be. And I'm sure Robbo is the first person to say there's areas they can improve, but you have to give credit where credit is due. There are not many coaches in the competition that could have somehow, some way made the eight. After round 22, they were sitting in 14th place. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> four, four or five weeks later, they're in the eight playing finals footy. Jesus. And probably the team you want to avoid. 
Yeah, because you just oh, don't know. Like, do they get better next week and then the better the next week after? And then by the time they hit the grand final, are they the team that we thought they were going to be in round one? You don't know. Massive, massive reps for Robbo. And a congratulations for him to once again showing that this clamour club has a gritty underbelly that doesn't get appreciated enough. They are a tough, tough footy side and a tough, ruthless side that even if things are just going so bad, like disaster, losing assistant coaches, their key player struggling for form, struggling in origin, um, Sam Walker getting dropped the whole year. I mean, talk about a, a juggling act by Robbo. He makes the call to drop Walker earlier in the year. Walker goes back to reserve grade, injures himself. That is good coaching to bring him back in and have Walker firing and confident. Mm. How often would you see a young seven come back in and not be confident, not be firing? And, like, we're, and we were so critical of like how good Drew Hutchinson had been and he got them a few wins on the board. You know, this rooster side are finally starting to click and Drew was a big part of that. And Robbo said, nah, Sammy Walker's my boy. Despite that combination with Kiri just not coming along at all, mm. he backed him in 100% and he was... You know, he was the best player on the field on the weekend. and just, So good. And he's also the X factor that if they are going to do any damage in the finals. So to make that call and go, sorry, Drew, you've been great, but Huge call. Sammy's the man, it's paid off. So, yeah. you know, for Roosters fans out there, as you know, they could go on a run because they've got the side to do it. But hopefully for them, if they do get dusted this week and they're out, it doesn't sort of pave over the cracks in what has happened this season. Because a win in week one, uh, sorry, a loss in week one of the finals, but they've made it. Maybe it does. Mm. So it, it's it's going to be really interesting having a conversation, summing up the Rooster season, whether that's in a week, whether that's in a mm. month, because well, really hasn't helped to make of it. I do think, I do think that although you know, just gave Robbo massive, massive raps. Like <clears throat> what he's been able to turn them around, it's been amazing. But it has become a pattern where they're dropping way too many games early and then hitting mm. form too late. And I just don't think that works anymore. I, I really don't. Oh, they did it in 2018, 19, not as much. Uh, it just hasn't worked for five years. I think that does need to change. That's what I mean. Like, things still need to change. Yeah, for sure. Regards if they win week one, even week two of finals. I, I mean, I guess if they sort of get to a prelim sort of thing, you start saying, oh, he trusts his system. They got there. Yeah. But by B's dick, they did. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just interested to see how it pans out because there's been a lot of things wrong and I still think they need changes at the club. But maybe it's not as dramatic as we were saying a month ago. Isn't it wild when you think about it? The Knights have won one more game than the Roosters this year. God. And look at the Newcastle Knights. Yeah. They're like... They've won nine games in a row and they've still only won one more game than the Chooks this year. It's just so strange. It's so strange, the Roosters' season. Um, but he does deserve massive raps. I, I, I just... It's amazing. The, the, the fight that they've shown, the grit they've shown, everyone against them, everyone bagging them, saying they're done and, mate... Ten rounds ago, they were done for me. Oh. That game against... I thought the Broncos game, I thought that was their last dying gasp where they came mm. out, they bashed the Broncos side and the Broncos side said, nah, we're still going to win by you know 20 or whatever. They just regathered somehow, some way and made it... In, it's incredible. Robbo deserves a wrap. The whole roster deserves a massive wrap. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Terrell May. Hasn't he been outstanding? And doesn't it give you really really good signs for life after Hargreaves if he does retire after next year that a guy like Terrell May can step up in a derby game with the season on the line and play one of his best games he's played all year like that's great signs yeah and they needed a front row forward to stand absolutely up. they've put a few years into um, Fletcher Baker he's obviously going to the Brisbane Broncos but yeah Terrell May and 
know what I love about May as a front row forward, similar to JWH, we probably haven't seen it enough yet, but Kempi's got some motherfucker in him. Oh, fucking oath he does. He's just, he's got some prick in him, which I can, I, I think it's going to be really, really good for the Chooks moving forward. Yeah, I think that by next year, it'll be, I'll be surprised, unless he's genuinely just put as an impact player and that's his role that he plays, I'll be surprised if he's in one of this, him and Lindsay Collins aren't starting. Well, I mean, they've signed Spencer Lenu for next year, who's, <laughs> I think the best impact player in rugby league at the moment. Mm. So, I, 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 that Spencer Lini signing is just so strange for me because I just came like, out of the blue. It doesn't yeah. seem to fit. It's odd. Yeah, like and also the amount of money yep. for an impact player off the bench, and also it, it seems to lean heavily into Robbo's real, I guess, desire to get fast play the balls, super explosive people through the middle. Like you got, obviously you signed Cheese, you've got Joey, you've got Teddy, now you've got Spencer Lino. I just can't see. Spencer's becoming a starting front rower that plays 60 minutes. I mean, maybe he can. Like, we, we haven't seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just haven't seen it. I'll harp on it every day of the week. But, geez, if Jake Turpin is, for whatever reason, the starting hooker there next year and you've got Cheese and Spencer Lenu as oh, forwards, fuck. shut the gate, it's over. Oh, my God. Those two coming on going skits. Yep. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Terrell May, I thought he was outstanding. Got through 51 minutes. Lindsay Collins, 58 minutes. That's a bloody good knock from both the big fellas. Another shout out I want to give Victor Radley. Like, I know he's not playing like the best Victor Radley that we've seen, but I've, I've been really impressed by just how he's carried himself. You know, there's, there was a few times where scuffles could have happened and he could have lost his mind. And I know that that's a low bar. I get it. I understand it. But look, you've got to work with what, with what you've got to work with. And I think he's just been really good and solid the last couple of weeks, um, just getting through his work. Like on the weekend, he had 12 runs, 130 metres, Two tackle breaks, 40 tackles. Like, that's a that's a fair knock. Played the full 80 too. Yeah. Very good knock. Um, and who, who stood out for you, boys? Mate, I sort of think you've covered most of them, to be honest with you. Oh, um, I, I loved... I love the battle between Sammy Walker and, and Cody Walker. And mm. there was an article, uh, Sydney Morning Herald, during the week, and it was Sammy Walker saying how every time he plays the Rabbits, that Cody Walker targets him and pesters him and tries to belt him. And it was a real, like, it just had a, a bit of a sense of ushering in of the new era of, of these flashy 5'8s in the competition at these rival clubs. And it's just a bit of a change of the guard for me. And this isn't to say Cody Walker's bony means done, and this isn't to say that Sammy Walker's far, a long way from being the complete pitcher as a 5'8", but Sammy scored that try, laid off a, a kick deflection, and at the end of it, he gave Cody a bit of a nudge and was sort of into him a bit. I'm just going, like, I love that from, from little Sammy Walker, who's doesn't seem to have a lot of like fire and anger in him and that's fine he doesn't have to but like there was a little bit of something personal there going mate i've got you in this one there was a lot of alfie in that <coughs> yeah sort of shit that Lange yeah. used to do because it wasn't um, even cody that did anything it was uh cam that came over yeah. tackling him and cam didn't even do anything either he yeah. just tackled him and cry cried and burnt up a little bit yeah i uh, i thought one matchup that i that i well i enjoyed billy smith uh going head to head with campbell graham Oh, I broke my heart. It, uh, it made me happy, but also broke my heart. Yeah, because I love Campbell. I love Campbell Graham, but geez, the, the drop off towards the back end oh, of the season. Well, his sternum's fucked. Yeah, well, it has to be something. So, yeah, but I've, I've heard people say that he, like, at some points he can barely breathe. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Jesus so he's, Christ. He's been getting needled for. Maddie, you'd know about this too, don't you? For how long now? Since, since Origin. Since the start of Origin. And coincidentally, that's when South started to drop off. Yeah. And he was the best. He, he could have been in the top five players in the comp before round 11. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure, again, you know, not facts, but like he gets needled before the game yeah. and at halftime as well. 
So you know what? I think I, I think it's even before before that. That's when it, when it came out the around Origin time. But he's mm. been working on it. So it's basically been all year for Campbell. So he's so played this whole season oh. with a cracked sternum. It was him too that Marty almost put his knee through his chest too, wasn't yep. it? Good God. Yeah, but uh, Billy Smith, mate, was the positive I was getting to <laughs> with all that. Went the long way. Sorry, the downer, bro. Um, so good to see Billy Smith have that yep. moment. Uh, you know, you, I've spoken about it before, the Roosters, you know, when they're talking to all their junior grades and Matts and SG Ball, Billy Smith has always used as the example of no matter what happens, if you're doing the right thing every single week and putting your best foot forward, we will take care of you. Mm. Uh, Robbo loves him and it's good to see him finally starting to get some, some good results, Billy. Mm. And again, imagine him with another full season under his yep. belt. If he can stay injury free, um, you know he came back. He played really well. Had a few shockers, and then he's found his way back into some really, really good form. And it's going to—he is, you know, that that almost stereotypical gun center, rangy, tall, explosive, very hard to handle. Uh, so, and also, what I love about it is—is is Campbell Graham and him—they're such similar body shapes. So imagine like the next five to six years of battles of Roosters versus Rabbitohs are going to be. Oh, exactly right. And you have a look at Billy now. My biggest criticism is that right now, defensively, there are some issues there. Mm. Campbell Graham was exactly the same at game 25. And that's where Billy Smith's at. He's only played 26 games of first grade. Probably eight of them have been injury affected where he hasn't played big minutes in as well. So just be patient with Billy. He will get there. and, And when he does... Like the Roosters are going to have a strike centre that they're probably paying 250k. Be, be patient, Billy fans. Be, yeah. Billy fans, be patient. Because <laughs> some of you are getting really impatient. You need to be patient. Gary's uh, had enough of it. <laughs> uh, quickly with the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, disaster year. Uh, isn't it funny that one position, so like Roosters came in way higher favourites than Rabbitohs to win the comp, but we're speaking more about the Rabbitohs as disaster year and the Roosters going, wow, incredible turnaround. Mm. Um, but there's, there's no way to slice it. Yes, they missed a lot of their front row for a while. I don't think they were bad by any stretch against the Roosters, um, but it was just a really good example of it doesn't matter how good you are, it's not just going to click for you. It, you've got to build back into it, especially at this part of the season. Um, if it was going to, I felt if it was going to click for the Rabbitohs, it was going to click three or four weeks ago when they're under the pump, like not, not tonight, uh, on the night. Um, funnily enough, I actually thought Cook, Walker um, played really, really good footy. Like I thought they played some really good footy and did everything they could to give their team an opportunity to, to win the game. And who knows if, if when Cody Walker threw that ball, if the centre had have caught it instead of letting it go, it might have been a completely different situation. Um, yeah, boys, Rabbitohs. Uh Mate, I look back to Magic Round when we were at the Caxton having a few <laughs> years. Uh, a certain individual was asking everyone in the room who's going to beat us. Mate, the answer is everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's beating us since. Um, and look, in Rabbitohs, you know, defence, they did lose Taff after 18 minutes. Uh, they also lost – who they, they lost someone else as well, didn't they? Taff was a big loss, though, because it changed so much. Davey Mowali only played 13 minutes. Cheekham had to move out to centre and... Or was it Talis Duncan? One of them... So anyway, they lost two players, I'm pretty sure. <coughs> but yeah, Cheekham had to move out to centre and then had uh, AJ at fullback. Like, the, the worrying thing about the Rabbitohs compared to, say, the Roosters is we were looking at the Roosters going, I just the, the style of play isn't working. And, but it doesn't sound like there's massive dramas going on behind the scenes. Whereas the problem with the Rabbitohs is, is that... The worry is heading into next year that 
issues may you know rear their ugly heads again. Uh, so I think there's going to have to be a real coming to kind of like almost a reset button with everyone. Everyone that has issues, doesn't have issues, there's to be an honesty session. Get it out of your systems. Everyone has to agree, guys. Everyone said it. Is everyone happy? Is everyone on board? If they are, let's move forward. Because if they go into next preseason with the little cracks in their armour, if things get tough, it'll obviously show itself. Yeah, it's, it's hard to comment on, to be honest with you, because there's just so many rumours flying around. Mm. Everyone's got their own agendas. and people that, are That's the thing. Like, every, like, there's clearly something going on. Yep, yep. So, so everyone, it doesn't, I'm not saying that like Cam Murray needs to go to Latrell Mitchell and say, because I don't think the players have an issue, but the senior playing group needs to be honest with the coaching staff and the coaching staff and the admin need to be honest with the coaching staff and the playing group. Everyone needs to be on board coming into next year. They can't afford to head into 2024 with little cracks. I've learned so much, Kempi, the, the last 18 months about football and the impact of the off-field on the on-field. Mm. And, and probably as I was sort of, I'm learning so much about the game every single week we do this podcast mm. and everything I listen to and read and hear from the experts. And I just cannot believe how much a bit of disharmony off the field can, can unseat a team on field. I think probably, you know, two years ago, I'd been sitting there going, all right, you know, even if you're a bit of a basket off the field, they're all professionals. They get out there on game day, they'll get a job done. They all want to win a comp. Mm. It couldn't be any further from it. And yeah. like... We now have countless examples of it across the last two seasons, mainly with Jersey Gate, mm. Dragons with Barbecue Gate, the Bunnies this season. With Broncos three years ago. The, the, Broncos the, last the, year. Broncos last year mm. went from top four to out of the top eight. The Bunnies are now the pin-up example of that. As you said, there might not be anything dramatic going on internally, but there's disharmony there somewhere. There's leaks getting out. There's player blow-ups. There's all sorts of things. Like you said, it might not be anything major, mm. but it's enough to take the bunnies from first after round 11 to outside the top eight going forward in the future, anytime we're doing our predictions and looking at clubs and you're doing your tips and all that, these sorts of things, the second this bit of disharmony and the headlines start coming out, I'm just going to go, all right. Like I, I, I kept faith in the bunnies mm. up until last week. I thought, you know what? This is such a good footy side. They can turn it. They can turn it. They couldn't. Yeah. They didn't get close to turning it. Yeah. And they had two weeks to prepare off a buy too. Yeah. And it was the noisiest buy round, I think, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right, Timmy. Like, it's in the playing group, it's probably nothing. Like, between the players. But the problem is, is that the connection between the, the coach, the senior playing group, and the rest of the players, and then the admin as well, like, everyone needs to be on the same page. If there are certain – like, the fact that this much stuff was getting leaked means that there are certain people within the club – that believes different decisions should be happening. Two, I think it'd be awesome. It'd never happen, but it'd be cool. All those clubs I just mentioned, from those teams in the back end of that, those years when they all fell apart, just get one player from each team, get them on a panel and just say, what changed? Yeah, not not like a point fingers at people yeah. and what this and that, but like what changed that led to that downfall and just mm. get their opinions and get the first hand like account of how things unfolded because I find it so fascinating. I will, you know, the good thing though for the Rabbitohs are if you ever needed motivation to be great, this is it. Like, look what the Broncos have done from year to year. They fall yeah. out of the eight. Everyone absolutely pizzles them. You know, the coach is under pressure. I mean, Kevy was, we were at the start of the year, we were saying, look, I don't know if they should re sign Kevy now. They should wait mm. to see how the players play. And now you're going, mate, Kevy, if you had him as coach of the year, Dalian coach of the year, I'd go with it. 
I'd go with it. Now, I, I think Andrew Webster, Andrew Webster should just pip him, but he's been one of the best coaches of the year. Um, and so with the Rabbitohs, if you needed something to like galvanise the boys when you're sitting in the preseason, you're in the depths of hell, and to remember back when everyone was talking shit, everyone was on your back, you know, this is it. This is really it. And then you bring in Jackie White into the side, you know, you get your front row rotation back in the side. That's a scary Rabbitoh side with a point to prove. Uh, Lockie Elias, you know, coming back even more hungry to be better than he was this year. So, you know, an, uh, a motivated Latrell Mitchell is a scary lot, yeah. probably the most scary player in the competition. Uh, so let's hope that they do have, you know, a, com- a really honest moment uh, with each other because um, they have the squad. They have the squad. And that's the thing that I find so disappointing and I'm interested to hear Matty's take on it. Like I was looking at the Rabbitohs 10 weeks ago going, geez, they've got Walker, they've got Cook, the two older guys. They've got Latrell, the superstar. But then they've also got guys like Colin Montung and Campbell Graham who are stars, but you're not paying them superstar wages just mm. yet. They're in a real sweet spot with Jack Whiten arriving, who they probably didn't need Jack Whiten. Mm. I, don't, I don't think I look at their squad and get chased. They're short, a really yeah. good 5'8 or a centre. It was just cream on top. And mm. I, for me, when, when Jack Whiten signed, I went, okay, I love this. South Senior going all in on this two-year window mm. to finish the careers of Cody Walker and Damien Cook and trying to bring home a premiership. It, it, the timing of all this disharmony is mm. just awful because yeah. I, I thought they were tapering. Perfectly South Sydney. Well, I was honestly at that point in the season, I'm sitting there going, when he, they did sign, they were going so well. I'm going, they're almost not guaranteed a premiership, but guaranteed a grand final with the squad that they have for 2024. I'd say who they're really going to miss next year is Harm Sello. Oh, massive. That's going to leave a massive hole for South Sydney, yeah. a bigger hole than I ever anticipated. Yeah. Have they signed any middles next year? No, the only, only signing so far is, yeah, Jackie Whiten. Yeah, well. Hey, you, you, sorry, you, you, what I was going to say was you expect like Miley, like Talis Duncan will get more minutes. Like you'd expect those guys to to step up. Yeah. Was Severely available on the weekend? Or was he injured? Uh, I don't know. He's one that I was surprised wasn't in this side mm. for the back end of the season. But I mean, yeah, they, they lose Harm Sally, but they've got Duncan, Sally, Havili, all these guys that are ready to step up. But I think we're going to realise how good Sally was when we see Rabbitohs without sure. him again. For sure. I mean, great signing for the Dragons. Huge sign. Like, so important for them. Okay, um, let's get to, before we get to, let's get to the beer shout-outs. Royal Hotel Orange, massive pub and bottle shop in Orange, ranging both bloke, lager and bloke mini, selling for great prices. So get in, see Jaden and his team to buy some bloke beer. That's the Royal Hotel Orange. Tall Timbers Hotel, great drive-through bottle shop on Central Coast, always selling bloke beer for under $60. Blue Gum Hotel Watara, Blue Gum Hotel Watara, Matt and his team uh, are currently selling bloke lager and bloke midi for very competitive prices. Show some support for this great menu and buy some bloke beer. Bottolo Lambton, one of our original stockists in Newcastle. Sharon, uh, the manager, always has plenty of bloke beer in her core room and sells for great prices. Hastings Hotel Washop. Great celebration saw the north coast of New South Wales has been selling a ton of bloke midi recently. Luke, the manager, has two huge stacks of bloke beer in his cool room selling for crazy prices. Pop in and support Luke and his team and buy some bloke beer. That one's Warhope. Weird spelling, though. Oh, Warhope. Yeah, okay. really weird spelling. Warhope. Uh, Warhope. So Hastings Hotel, Warhope. Liquor Emporium, one of the OG bloke beer stockers. They were with us from the start. They have four stores. Alexandria, St. Peter's, Marrickville Metro, and Hurlston. Hurlston or Hurston? Anyway, Hurlston Park. Hurlston? Hurlston. Okay, Hurlston Park. 
Uh, uh, these stores have a steady supply of bloke as well as a wide range of every brand you need. That is Liquor Emporium. Louis Liquor Barn. Anna and Steve have plenty of bloke at the Celebration Superstore in Cairns. Raceview Tavern. Star Liquor Ipswich that always has some bloke liquor. That's uh, bloke lager. That's Raceview Tavern. Fleet Street Merchants, whether it's out at Lowood, over at Daisy Hill, or in Camp Hill Cellars, Fleet Street Merchants have bloke beer. Black Sheep Bottle Shops all across Brisbane. They've got bloke beers ready for the finals in September. New t- uh, Newtown Hotel, a big super sellers drive through has you covered for bloke lager in Toowoomba. Uh, Harry Brown, Eaton Hills, north side of Brizzy, Common Ground Cellars, C. Dan, close to the University of Queensland, every Black Sheep Bottle Shop, which I already said, Maguire's Colmsley, right next to Colmsley Hotel, plenty of stock on hand, and Stafford Tavern, head inside to the Sports Bar and Bottle Shop, Stafford Tavern, stocking, stocking bloke beer. Store shout-outs is going to be a long segment of this next game. Mate, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Warriors, Dolphins, we'll probably just skip this one, guys, because we'll talk more about the Warriors in the preview. Um, but great win for the Dolphins. Yeah, I just think, obviously, this is the end of the Dolphins' season, but just shout-out to them. I think they've been so good for Rugby League this year, and I think I think where they end up finishing fifth last or something, so people go, I told you so, but they have shocked the Rugby League world this mm. year. It's been my favourite storyline of the year by far and away. Yeah, incredible, incredible stuff from the Dolphins, and the fact that they've got 30,000 members already. <sighs> oh, jeez. That is so impressive, and, I, you know, it does, I guess... It makes uh, it's it makes the argument interesting of too many teams in Queensland, too many teams in New South Wales. Like clearly, there's not too many teams in Queensland. God no, like not even close. They're getting yeah. thirty thousand. And yeah. I mean, like I'm sure we'll talk about it in the next few weeks. But if you were to say like the most improved player in the comp, you might have seven dolphins standing up yeah. on the stage. And you yeah. look at like going into next season, we know they've recruited quite well. They've probably got a bit more up the sleeve. I think to spend as well. You'd imagine. So who knows who else they may or may not jag for next season. But going into it. Just the players that have stepped up in the halves, they've now got competing. Sean O'Sullivan, um, Nikarim has been outstanding. Hammerback at fullback, mm. a bunch of young blokes. Gee, there, Isaiah Katoa. So excited for them going into round one next yeah. year. Wayne's last year as well. You know the boys will be up for it. Um, so really, really good stuff uh, from the Dolphins this year and 30,000. Massive congratulations. What I mean, the whole club, what an incredible... If you had said to me, you know, Dolphins going to be the next club and, you know, I don't know, Ipswich are the next club. If you had said that to me before the start of this year, I said, you are out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Now I go, maybe? Like, I think we should expand to other states. But it's not so crazy to think that we couldn't have another side <coughs> in Queensland somewhere with numbers like that. 30,000. Well, we've got what? Year. We've got, is it eight, nine clubs in around Sydney? I yeah. think that includes Newcastle and the Dragons. Mm. And we've got four in Queensland. And essentially two in Brisbane. That's the entirety of Queensland. Yeah. So I'm I'm not at all against another Queensland club. Maybe not next, but at some point. All righty, let's get into it. Before we do, though, make sure to head to Shoe Grab to get new shoes. Free delivery on all orders over $99. Sneakers, casual, performance, slide, limited exclusive, plus a bunch of clothes and accessories. That's Shoe Grab. Head to their Instagram. They've got two stores, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. A great, great place. It is Australia's biggest shoe market in the country so if you want some great kicks they got nikes they got asics they got whatever you want you go to shoe grab you get the job done plus they love rugby league so if you're looking for some new shoes or some new sports kit go to shoegrab.com.au now let's get to uh the panthers defeating the cowboys um and just roaring back into form uh what a what a really really solid win by the penrith panthers and look to be honest they just reasserted themselves on another level to everyone else in the competition. 
They came out and did exactly what they hoped they would. No injuries, no niggles. The bravery from Ivan Cleary to do that is seriously astounding. Like, think about the headlines. If one of his key players went down in that game, he would have been absolutely annihilated. And he would have been aware of that, and he still made the call to keep everyone on the field and make sure they're not clunky heading into game one of the finals. You know, Ivan Cleary, the last three years, has been nothing short of a masterpiece. It has been a masterpiece. He hasn't, each year has been different as well. It's not like he's just been like super lucky, everything has landed for him. The, the foresight to slowly balance, like slowly rest players over the last month has paid massive dividends. They head into week one of the finals so confident and, you know, roaring ability in their, roaring confidence in their ability. It is incredible to watch. We are witnessing greatness. Kempi, I've got some stats here that sent in to me by Jono Craig Dobson, so shout out to him. These are incredible. So if you have a look at the top eight teams right now and their record against the other top eight teams, the Raiders are three and eight, the Roosters are three and seven, Sharks are three and seven, Knights are five and six, Warriors are four and six, Storm are seven and three, Broncos are six and four, the Panthers are ten and one, and on average they are conceding eight point five points per game against these top eight sides. So 44 to 12 on the weekend. I reckon the Penrith Panthers would have come back into the sheds filthy. They conceded 12. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And also that one was literally round one against the Broncos. Yep. The Cowboys, who were last season a whisker away from a grand final, they were playing for a final spot. Penrith come out and are up 26-0 at half time. And you have a look at those, those records there too. I mean... The Panthers and the Raiders, the only two teams to play top eight sides 11 times this year. All the rest of them have played. The team. Raiders played top eight sides 11 yep. times. Shit draw, mate. We've done well to get this far. <laughs> really? According to John O'Craig Dobson, I wouldn't call him a liar. And what was his, what was, uh, what was their record, sorry? So the Raiders were three and eight. So they played 11 games against top eight sides. So did the Panthers and their record's 10 and one. That's interesting because I, I would have thought the Raiders had a, a quite a good draw, a favourable draw. Well, it is interesting with, with, with some of these. So, for example, the Warriors, they've got a record of four and six. Um, they only beat the Sharks and the Raiders, and they beat them twice this year. Okay. Um, the Roosters, their record is three and seven. They beat the Warriors twice, though, for yeah, example. Okay. So okay. There, there is a little bit more to have a look into that. I haven't done it myself. These are just uh, numbers from him in there. But, yeah, it's for the you know, if you have a look from round two onwards... Panthers are 10-0 against other top eight sides. I think as well, at the start, because three teams that made the prelim last year missed out, at the start of the year, a tough draw is different to what a tough draw is at the end oh, of the year. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. And that's the other point. thing to consider with the Panthers, obviously, you know, they've conceded 8.5 points per game against these sides. The last two years in a row, they've won the comp. Their defence has got better come finals time. It's absolutely phenomenal. It is, it is incredible to watch what is happening at Pan, uh, the Panthers. And the bravery, I, I can't stress it enough. You're, think of, you're sitting there, you've got to make a decision. You've already won two comps. You've already won two comps. Your finals form is arguably some of the, what's well, the best in a very long time. The teams that you're playing have nowhere near as much finals experience. And to still go, nah, we are clunky. We need to play every player because we are here to win a comp. We are here to win a comp. It's amazing stuff. I was just thinking too, they obviously played the New Zealand Warriors this week, uh, the Panthers. So they've got Stephen Crichton at left centre. Scotty Sorensen had a week off. He'll return. I mean, if you can shut down that Warriors right edge, I think you're just about home there. So that so might have something that, to do with it. Yeah, that might have moving. something to do with it now, now that you Might've think about it. the job, hey. 
We've got to handle this edge. If we handle this edge, we put one of the best defensive centers on the, the right side of the mm. Warriors. Jeez, that's smart. Oh, man, that's smart. Yeah, it is. His eyes at Tungo that far off. Like, but it's just like it. that elite, yeah. experienced, won multiple He's premierships to just go, oi, if we just shut that down, they're not going to score. Yeah. I wonder if they consider putting Liam Martin over there next week too. That'd be interesting. Because what, what's Pen- Penrith's ethos? It's defence. Yeah. So it's just like the, we just put our best, prepare our best side for the Warriors week one because they would have oh, they, they would have been aware because the Warriors played the Dolphins before them, didn't they? Yes, they did. So they would have yeah. been aware that the Warriors were who they were playing next week if they got the win. Isn't it wild with this Panthers? Like, If you have a look at their centres and wingers, if you put their names into a hat and drew them out, what positions they're going to play this week, mm. honestly wouldn't change that much for me. Yeah, so true. So true. That's how good they are. Whatever side, whatever yeah. side, I, I, I don't think it would really phase my decision. Mate, they were phenomenal. Um, we'll talk more about it in the preview. I thought Taruva was outstanding as well. Uh, Brian To'o just getting through a mountain of work with a couple of tries. How boss was To'o's first try where he had like four cowboys on him and he just like just like just lifted him to the try line. <laughs> Honestly, amazing. Amazing. Oh, Cogger, before the game, I'm like, he's not a six. Him signing with the Knights, I'm like, he's not a six. And he has three tries this. What the hell, man? The first three of the game. Like, what? It's amazing. What is going on out there? What is going on out there? Um, yeah, it, what, what they've managed to achieve and just the intelligence with their decisions. But also, you can have all the intelligence with your decisions, but if your players don't back it up, then it's nothing. But when we talk about being on board, like, look at the Panthers. They are so on board with everything they're doing. They're so in sync. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's unbelievable. It, if someone said to me, like, they're about to head into a three-peat and it's not even that shocking, like, if they win this third grand final, am I going to be sitting there going, this is the greatest thing ever? No, I'm going to be like, yeah, they're just that good. That's, that's phenomenal. Have we had an update on Jerome Luai when he is due back? I think we- prelim is like, basically, <coughs> I watched a little snippet from the NRL physio, give him a follow guy, best in the biz, and they were basically saying, look, there's a chance it could – Slip out again if he comes back in the prelim, but the risk outweighs the reward, you know. So if he, he'll come back, and, and it's been done before, I think they said uh, Isaac Luke did it after two weeks and it didn't slip out again. Um, so they reckon probably prelim he'll be back. The last guy in the world I'd want to use as my example is probably Isaac Luke, right? Yeah, true. So tough. So tough. But they're both different out there. Like, yeah. look what Cleary did. Came back, needed a shoulder, Rico, won a grand final. Because I, I was thinking earlier today, like imagine if, if Luai didn't come back this year and Nath managed to win this grand final with Jack mm. Cogger as his 5'8". Like, you know, with, with all due respect to Jack Cogger and the other guy I'm, I'm about to mention, but the thing that comes up quite often is that Joey won a comp with Sean Rudder at 5'8", mm. and that just takes it on another level. Like if Nath managed to do it. Lockyer with uh, Shane Perry. Shane Perry, yeah. Like it's – people wouldn't like that. <laughs> don't like Nath Cleary, but Christ, it would be interesting. It's just – what more there is to say with Cleary? And we're talking about a guy that's, what, 25, 20 – I think 25. Yeah. Like, we aren't even close to his. Like, what is, like, is he going to be like an alien by the time he's 30? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, like, think about we're talking about the whole narrative this year has been, oh, look at all these older sevens. They get all this experience and they know the game. Oh, like, <laughs> Cleary will be like fucking seven premierships deep by the time he's 35. 
And mate, that's the other thing. Like, like what, what was he now? Twenty five years old? I think twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, sweet. Maybe twenty six. Cool. Let's say hypothetically, it takes him another three years to own the Origin. Twenty what? Five. Five. Like, let's say it takes him another three years to really own Origin. He could still have seven dominant years in Origin. What do you like? If if he's a free agent, what are you paying Nathan Cleary to come to your club? Minimum, minimum, one point five, one point six. Like, if you're a bottom eight side. Because you're guaranteeing yourself bottom, you're guaranteeing yourself top eight footy. I reckon that'd be the opening price. I really do. Yeah, yeah. You just you just cut costs wherever you need to in your squad to get this bloke yeah. in. He could take any current team mm. into the top eight, in my opinion. If not in the first year, by the second year. That's how good he is. It's Far out. it's craziness. Like if the, if the Tigers paid two mil for him, I'd be like, you know how, what? Yeah, might be worth it. How long is he with them for? Like twenty twenty seven. I'd love to see a bidding war for Nathan Cleary. Just to, oh. just to stand off. And like Panthers, they know they know that he's going to re-sign, but they yeah. just go, you know what? We're just going to just for fuck fun, everyone's man. salary cap. Just put him on the market. That would be so smart. Fuck, that'd be smart. <laughs> just go, yeah, yeah, we'll put him on the market. <laughs> dramas, dramas. Well, jokes, we actually re-signed him 12 months ago. I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, he's actually signed for the rest of his life. That's what I thought. <laughs> Wouldn't you have some self-conscious halfbacks getting around? Because <sighs> every club would be stupid not to make a bid. Think about how much it would... Fuck salary caps that you're trying to <laughs> put aside 1.5 million minimum. Yeah. It would destroy salary caps across the like every bottom eight sides. Fucking, you'd have to like get a spy into the Penrith camp to be like, is he really looking at something? What are you gonna say there, Matty? Uh, I was gonna say I thought that's what South did with Reynolds, and and then Broncos just signed him. But <laughs> <laughs> what I was, gonna- I, I actually thought that was my conspiracy too. I was like, yeah. I think that they're trying to throw people off here. Yeah, that was very disappointing when he signed. What I was actually going to say before that, though, was um, was the Panthers. It's it's actually crazy. We spoke about this on the DMP, but Guru and Timmy, you'll be interested to hear this. How many players they've got signed up till 2026 and the quality of players? I'm just going to send you, I'm just going to read out the list. Brian Toto, Dylan Edwards, Isaiah Yo, Jack Cole, James Fisher-Harris, Jesse McLean, Liam Martin, Moses Leota, Nathan Cleary, and Scott Sorensen. All signed up till 2026 and beyond. That's what? Cr- that is craziness. Yeah, probably the one name you didn't know there was Jack Cole. And once you see him, you'll know who he is very quickly. What position does he so play? I think he's like 5'8 centre. Matty, is that right? Oh, did he Did he make his debut a couple of weeks ago? Oh, no, that was a different guy. I, th- I, I think he's... Oh, I, I haven't seen a heap of him, but they talk about him very, very highly <coughs> over there. 5'8, Matty? <coughs> yeah, very talented. And like, what's not getting mentioned is, is Penrith literally had their halves raided last year with Isaiah Katoa and Peru, is it, for the Sharkies? Yep. Like they were their next halves, ready to jump in, and then this is what's happening. It's fucking unbelievable. I mean, you have a look at the Canterbury Bulldogs spine that I think they'll run out with him round one next year. It'll be Matt Burton at six, Critter at one. They're two left centres for Penrith. <laughs> that is actually outrageous <laughs> when you think about it. Um, Cole, like he's probably 5'8", but he's also played a lot of centre this year in reserve grade. Yeah. So He'll, he'll pop up over the next year or two. For sure. So you reckon he might sneak that spot and I'll keep... Or would Talon May, though, and Taruba? No, I, I, I don't think he will get into the side, but Origin and stuff, you'll yeah. start to see him. Okay. He's okay. very talented. Talon May is going to be interesting next year. It sounds like he wants to play centre. Okay. Right, right. not Taruba. Yeah, and he's 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 put on some weight. Mate, we're, yeah, like, we're, we're getting, like, Talon May is so freaking good, like, and he hasn't played at all, all yeah. year, pretty much. It is scary, scary stuff. Um, we'll get to the preview. Uh, just quickly, though, Liam Martin... It's like he can sniff finals footy or big games. He loves that shit. You know what I mean? Like a big game comes around, Liam Martin is a fucking dog off a leash just looking for some hurt. I love it. I posed the other day that, you know, he's obviously got his 
Origin hat on and someone, someone commented like, oh, yeah, like fucking, no, he's ready to lose, is he? And I just sat there and went, fuck, if we had more Liam Martins, we'd win Origins. He's the exact guy we just need more of. And I've said to Matty for a long time, I think the ultimate test, if you're sitting at a pub with someone, if you want to know if they understand rugby league or not, get their opinion on Liam Martin. Mm. If they tell you he's overrated or he doesn't have enough stats or anything, sign on their <laughs> head, a neon sign saying fucking clueless. Mate, he is so good. And just the impact he brings in defence. Yeah. You know, his stats aren't always, you know, crazy, even though statistically it was good this game. But just so much impact. And, and the amount of games he turns, like... I go back to the World Cup uh, semi-final against the Kiwis. He was going skits. Trying, he shotted Nelson Asafa Solomona. Lunatic. Yep. Like, he did the same just, thing in the grand final. He went nuts there too. Yeah, just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, Cowboys, obviously we'll have a season review at the end of the year, but damn, that's got to be disheartening. They didn't really play that bad, um, but they weren't even close. Yeah, we, we spoke about in the off-season, and it wasn't actually – reflected in what we spoke about earlier, but I spoke about in the off-season that history tells us there's normally two to three teams that fall out of the eight. Mm. History tells us that quite often they can be the teams that make big jumps. So for me last year, the teams that made big jumps were Cronulla, Parramatta, Cowboys. Mm. Ended up being Parramatta and Cowboys Mm. that missed the finals. But the Cowboys, I said on my podcast this morning, 12 weeks ago I thought they were no hope. Six weeks ago I thought they were a lock to play top eight. Mm. Now they're out of it again. Mate, it's uh, – you look at their squad. It's a bloody good squad. Had a weird year, didn't they? Yeah, very strange. And I just think that the start of the year just killed them. Yeah. Just absolutely killed them, that start. And we spoke about it ad nauseum of like, did they train too hard in the preseason? Was the season too long last year and they're looking fatigued because of that and they didn't train long enough because they were all rep players? We don't know what the answer is to that, but, yeah, start of season just killed them. Silver lining, I thought Laybart's been really good the last few weeks. I'm hoping that he uh, gets that centre spot with – Yep. Isn't he? He's so athletic. Such an athletic frame on him. He's, he's quite tall. It look, looks a little bit gangly, but strong. He's got speed. He's got footwork. Mm. That try scored on the weekend was awesome. Like yeah. he, He's a real goer. I think the other thing that really hurt the Cowboys, losing Val Holmes. Yeah, that, that was, was a huge cool swing. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll get to the next game quickly. Don't forget, guys, we are going to be previewing the games uh, this year. Did I say that at the start of the podcast that we'd be previewing the games? Anyway, we'll put it at the start. We're going to preview the finals games. That's why we're moving through these quite quickly. Knights defeat the Dragons. Um, What's really interesting about this win for the Knights is so many teams have gone up against the Dragons and struggled. The Knights just come out without their key players and just go, yeah, tight match for a little bit, but just go bang, bang, bang in the second half. Thanks for coming. The Knights are the real deal, in my opinion, and they could genuinely sneak in to a grand final, if not a prelim, because if you look at the run into the finals for them, you go, they actually can f- like go across to the Broncos side. So, they, so this week, they play the Raiders, which is, you know, sorry, Timmy, but if there was one team out of the eight you'd most like to play at the moment, it's probably the Raiders or the Roosters, but I'd say the Raiders. Now, in Raiders' defence, they just sometimes they might just do something just to piss everyone off, and that's what they could do on the weekend. But so they did the same thing last year, mate. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So they, they can do that. But you say the Knights are favourites; they could get the win there. Then they might go up against the Warriors. Are the Warriors that much better than the, uh, the Knights right now? I'd actually say the Knights are playing better footy than the Warriors right now. So would I. Then you go across to the other side of the comp. Let's say that Broncos win game one. 
Well, early in the year, when Knights were playing nowhere near what they're playing now, they nearly beat the Broncos. Like, there's a real possibility that the Knights could end up in a grand final. If the Broncos were to lose this weekend, that would put the Knights on the opposite side to the Panthers and the Broncos, right? Yeah. So they just got to get through Melbourne. Ooh. Oh, well, they've got to get to Warriors, but if Warriors lose to Panthers, obviously. Big opportunity there. Huge opportunity. Like, they have landed in a Goldilocks zone to make their way to a final. If that, if that occurs... Panthers win and Broncos lose. Gee, that opens up that other side of the draw, doesn't it? Massively. Massively. And that's what's so exciting for Knights fans right now is that imagine Newey in a grand final. Oh, that would be one of the great turnarounds all time for that club. I think with Newcastle, it will be interesting to see how they go this weekend coming. Like, yes, they won that game, but just because they had so many guys out in that game, I wonder if the momentum changes a little bit. <coughs> mm. I don't think it will, uh, but it will be interesting. I think a lot of it comes down to Jackson Hastings, who got injured three weeks ago now. He's been named every week, but he hasn't played. Whether I, I'd be willing to bet Jacko does play this week simply because it's finals. But, mm. uh, I mean, mate, even if Jackson isn't available, fuck, Clune's done a good <laughs> Clune's job. Clune's done a bloody good job. Like, I'd almost be at the point if I'm Jackson and I'm not 100% the extra week could be the difference to me getting... 100% or closer to, I, I feel reasonably comfortable leaving the keys with Clune if KP's playing. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, I actually think as a coach, you're almost sitting there going, Oof, do, I, do I stuff the, the, the vibe up? You yeah. know, Clune's been doing a really good job. And obviously you bring Hastings back even if he's good to go because he was there and he's, what was he, part of the six win streak or so. Yep. But geez, it's not an easy decision. As easy as you would assume it would be. Was it, what, was it ankle? Ankle, yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Knights get the job done. Uh, really, really good win. Um, in regards to performances, anything stood out for you guys for the Knights? Um, oh, let's got to talk about it. <laughs> Fuck. The greatest put down I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and we spoke about it before the podcast, the only thing that I can remember, and maybe there's you know ones that I'm forgetting, but just mm. off my memory... The only one that comes close is David Mead, one-hand pick-up from a kick. But when it comes to put-downs, that is some of the most outrageous, I guess, footage of skill I've ever seen. To, put his, to, to bend his shoulder like that, to keep grip of the ball, that is something that you could train your whole life for it and you can't do it. But Dom Young can do it because he is a different breed. I was uh, I was talking to mates about it after, and I, I think that you know with what some of these wingers do nowadays, we're so normalised to it. Mm. But I still think people probably underappreciated oh, what he did in that moment. Mm. It, it was insane for him to be upside down. Like <laughs> the, the, the the field might as well be two extra metres wider nowadays. Like where you actually ha have to defend, it's unbelievable. And you know I reckon there's probably two or three guys in the comp that could have maybe scored that try. Dom Young's one of them. Just incredible. Just amazing. Like. The, the uh, doesn't get it. It's probably not going to get enough uh, credit, but like the lack of self-preservation, yep. like to put yourself in a position, like put it this way: if he ended up like that in a tackle, they're going to the bin, like as if he was getting yeah. picked up. He he voluntarily put himself in that position to score a try in a match that they were probably going to win anyway. In a match that meant nothing. It meant nothing. It, it is phenomenal, and it's even though I'm I'm stoked for him. He gets the big contract at the Roosters, but. Oh, man, what a missed opportunity to build a cult hero at the Newcastle Knights. What a missed opportunity. What a great change in rugby league it was to take the corner post out. Of oh, yeah. Out. 
Mm. That's what I was having a look at the weekend. Like, you have a look. Obviously, we've spoken about it a little bit over the last year or so with Alex Johnson chasing Ken Irvine's record. But you have a look at his unbelievable try scoring record. And the corner post was out for him. Mm. You would have to think that, like, there has to be a winger that will come along with how they're scoring tries nowadays. Like, uh, over the next 20, 30, 40 years, some of these try scoring records, they could fall unbelievably. Yeah. Good point. Like, what was Irvine 212? Yeah, I'll get it up now. Two- uh, 212, it's a good point. Like if, you, if you had the corner post taken out, that's probably 240 conservatively. Oh, conservatively. Yeah. You're doing heaps under yeah. there, I reckon. Yeah. We'll get broken because in the year 2040, we'll be doing 56 rounds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally more than weeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so amazing stuff. And, geez, again, the scary thing with Dom Young is like, what second or third year of real first grade? Yeah, jeez. Once he gets uh, gets in the rooster system, gets it's funny because the Knights right now, it's like the system looks bloody good to me, but gets the roosters, all the resources, all the training, you know, everything. He is a superstar. And how Dom Young's feeling about that? Like how quickly it would have turned because brilliant decision at the start of the year. Mm. And look, the Knights have gone on a good run late in the season, and you know it may or may not last into through the finals into the next season you go to Roosters system that's tried and tested for you so I'm sure it's a great call but just the atmosphere at those Newcastle games particularly in the back end of the season the going to finals a home final such a special place to be out there at the moment the Knights mm. and Don be going ooh just be second guessing sure. a little bit yeah you'd have to be yeah. 100% and it's, it's not necessarily even about you know the Roosters are going to probably win more comps over the next 10 years mm. than the Knights but it's just that special connection the Newcastle fans have with yeah. the team that is quite unique. I mean, they're the most loyal fan base in rugby league. Wooden spoon, they're still averaging 20,000 people to a game. And so imagine if they go on the run and they stay in the top eight next year, you know, the fans will just build and build and build. And you'll be getting to a point where it's like a sellout nearly every week. And he could have been their guy, mm. their main guy. Um, and like obviously when he moves to the roost, he'll be outside Joey Manu, very good pedigree, but... Jeez, I don't know if there's a centre I'd rather be outside of this year than Gagai. Oh, mate. He's been so good, especially the back end. Um, yeah, look, Dom Young, take a bow. One of the greatest put-downs I've ever seen in my entire life. And then he just said, oh, yeah, they're not done yet. Does it again. Yeah. Just a tiny lesser degree, but still. If, if that had been the put-down, you would have been like, that was phenomenal. But because he did the one before, so amazing stuff. Um, yeah, great stuff. I mean, Tyson Gamble is fucking unbelievable. What's going on? Let me give this bloke his flowers. My God, he has been so impressive. There was a Holy there was a try heckers. that was taken off him that turned into a penalty in this game that I thought was just about one of the plays of Gamble's career. Very unlucky. Um, I feel like I say it every single week, but if you had no context to this guy and you'd just seen him for the first time, you'd go, you'd, you'd think he's a rep 5-8, I think. Mate, you'd think he'd be pushing for – like yep. he has been that good over the last nine weeks – and it's everything in his game. Like he's strong in contact. You know, he can miss a tackle, but he doesn't miss it because of the contact side of things. It's usually because of a misread or whatever. Um, and also, he's ball playing. Like some of the passes he's throwing is silky as anything. I, I cannot believe it. It is so. He deserves. You know, Jackson Hastings and Clune, but Hastings will get a lot of the raps for what's happened, and rightly so. He's, he's led them to where they are. But Tyson Gamble's been there pretty much all year. I, I just can't imagine a world, too, where Tyson Gamble wins nine games in a row. Do you remember him lipping up or carrying on like a dickhead at any point? Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
maybe like once or twice, but not every game. But not to sure. the yeah, no, he no used way. to win the occasional game with Brisbane, and it was, it was like he just won a comp the way that he used to carry on, which I love. I am all for it. Mm. But it, he has just seemed to be so much more levelled out now. It's very impressive. Talk about blokes being like giving a bloke his flowers. Adam O'Brien, oh, he was on his last legs early in this season. He was almost lucky yeah, to still be yeah, there. You were like, yeah, like, how's he still here? Surely they've got to move on and go a different direction. Mm. They've just finished fifth. And isn't right. it such a good example when you win, like when they were losing, when they were struggling? You heard a new thing about Adam O'Brien every yeah. week. Mm. Yeah. This was going wrong. This happened last weekend. He said this. He said, like, just there was a new story oh. every week. I haven't heard shit about Adam O'Brien. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for him because, uh, I mean, it's even with, like watching Demetrio up in the box there. Jesus, hard watching <laughs> these coaches. I know it's a, you know, they get paid well, and but you can't, when you look at it from a human side, like, as a player, you have control of how you play. Mm. You have a control of like, you may not be at your best, you know, form-wise, but you can rip and tear. As a coach, there's only so much you can do. And like sometimes watching Adam O'Brien up in the box, you're just going, far out, I feel for you, mate. Like, this team is absolutely not responding to what you're saying. Um, not to say that Adam O'Brien's perfect at all. I mean, we've, we've gone over it ad nauseum, some of the decisions he's made, but... To just see him get some, just to experience what he's got to experience, I'm just so happy for him. And he deserves it. He, he stayed stuck to the course. He, he was honest about when he first came to the club, he felt like he had to bring the roosters and storm weight. And I think that a lot of coaches, yes, it is good to take things from storm and the roosters, but sometimes they try to apply it too much and it's a different playing group. I think we're seeing with Adam O'Brien that Yes, he's taken the good things from the Storm and the Roosters, but now he's kind of finding his own identity as a coach. Now, this could all change next year, but at right now, Newcastle's a team, have an identity, and he's the coach. It's that simple. It's that simple. Um, Before you move off then, I just want to give a shout-out to one of their players, Dylan Lucas, who was a centre a year ago. He's moved into the back row on the weekend, uh, ran for 100 metres, made 40 tackles, only missed two. Yeah, Big transition to, a, to an 80-minute back rower in the NRL. Mm. Uh, he's been very good, Dylan Lucas. Another bloke, um, you know, shock, but get some time at 13. Yep. And now he's good at 13. That's he. For how many years have we been saying Adam Elliott's at 13? Yep. And, like, it's just like coaches were just like, nah, not doing it. I refuse to put Adam Elliott at 13. Finally, a coach goes, you know what? I'm just going to stick him there and leave him there, regardless of how the first game or two goes. He's been outstanding for them the last few weeks. Outstanding. Yeah. He's been allowed to play big minutes. Yep. I think Adam Elliott's one of those guys, the longer the game goes, the better he's he gets. He's a big-minute player yep. and always ha has been. <clears throat> and he, he's had a few – throughout his whole career, he's been a bloke that's had injury niggles of some sort the entire time. He's stringing games together. He's getting the big minute. He's a big-minute football ads. Well, he yep. never quite recovered from that uh, wrestle you had with him. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he came back from it at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um – Dragons, not much to talk about, to be honest. Um, yeah, not much to talk about. Uh, we'll get that into our season review, guys. Don't forget, at the end of the year, uh, Titans, Bulldogs, again, not much to talk about, but um, three tries for four and great stuff. Doggies, a little bit better, but I don't think you can take much out of that, to be honest. Jeez, just as an individual, God, Josh Adokar had some unbelievable moments in yeah, that game. Just yeah. solely as an individual, how he caught that chip kick <clears throat> was going well and truly over his head. Yeah. And that, that individual try he scored so was good. incredible as well. So, yeah. so good. And, I mean, that's why Adokar is who he is. You know, they're under the pump. Everything's gone poorly. And as a leader, he steps up and rips and tears and shows the boys that we can't let this off-field stuff dictate how much effort we put in in the game. Yeah. Um, the other one I can't let slide is Tino. 
200 oh. metres, 25 odd tackles, had a few offloads. Played 70 minutes, he was everywhere in yeah. this game. His cardio must just be like if it's you could take hard. his cardio, put it into a slightly smaller bloke, he'd be bloody the fittest man alive. Yeah, he's six foot six. It's, un- it's just. Did he play eighty, Tino? Seventy. Yeah, seventy. Jesus. Um, okay, next game: Sharkies defeat the Raiders twenty four six. Um, oh, we got to talk about it just quickly. That ten in the bin on Lockie Miller. Oh my god! Could be the most outrageous call I've ever fucking seen <laughs> in my life. Are we fair, Dinkum? Are we fair, Dinkum? Imagine if something was riding on that game and like and that that had a say in the result, mate. Oh. Are we are we honestly fair, Dinkum? Here that we are sending ten in the bin for what? For what? <laughs> he tackled him. Now we have to let go in a certain time? Are you kidding me? So, that, you know, okay, put it this way. How many times do we see a guy break the line, he passes, and then he gets tackled? And then they might run 10 metres, and then they get tackled. Is that a sin bin? Because he took him to the ground, and he, he didn't have the opportunity to run again? Give, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we? This is outrageous. He's expected to tackle him, then know that the ball's coming to him, look, and like people saying, oh, he was looking. So what? The tackle has been complete. He can take him to the ground if he wants to. Since when was there a rule that once you make a tackle, you have to let go immediately? Like you're allowed to take someone. I can't believe it, man. Can Outrageous. Be, I will donate my left nut if that is the last conversation we have to have about referee calls this year. Imagine if we get through the next five weeks with nothing more. But, I mean, that was crazy. Come on, No, boys. I agree with you That's completely. That's like, what I'm saying. I just hope the next few weeks a team doesn't lose their season off the back of it. Like, I just – what I don't get is if you've played any rugby league, you would know that someone's made a break, you tackle him regardless of whether he's going to pass or not. That's what I was going to say. That was the definition of not having a field for the game. Oh. That was a stinker. Like, what? so now we've got to go, okay, a guy makes a break – I have to wait to see whether he's gonna like so wait for the dummy or not and then tackle him like what are we talking about tim oh. said it was almost as bad as um seb chris being sent from the <laughs> five weeks please <laughs> um should have been 10 in the bin we had to talk about it because like unfortunately we're going to see a bad call in a big game and it's going to affect a whole club's future this year mm-hmm. yeah so oh, man I know, I know refs had a tough gig, I know. And I know that, you know, it's, it's a bad environment to refs come in. They don't get a fair shake, especially when they do the right things. I, I totally think that we need to be better about creating a good environment for refs. I think we need to give them more resources. I think that they've been too many changes of the game have been made too quickly and they've taken refs away from it and gone from two refs to one ref with everything that happens. I think that, you know, we may need to, as long as it doesn't slow the game down. So I, I get it. I get it. They need more support, but... It is so hard to defend stuff like that. That, like this, that is just. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, sorry, sorry, refs, but <laughs> just ten in the bin, ten in the bin. Um, okay, Sharkies defeat the Raiders. We'll talk quickly about it. The Seb Chris thing. Look, he, he's he's almost he is lucky that he is such a good spirited rugby league player. Because if he was known even as a little bit as a grub, he would be getting absolutely smashed because unfortunately, huge brain snap, 
one of the worst spear tackles I've ever seen. I personally, anyway, when I've been <laughs> since I've been watching the game. Um, now, that one brain snap doesn't reflect years of playing the game in the right spirit. And I think people need to remember that. And I think people do, because I haven't seen, you know, from what I've seen, people going too hard. I think we can all agree, complete brain explosion, really, really dangerous, minimum five to six weeks, in my opinion. If they went as hard as eight, I wouldn't go that heavy against it. Yeah, I agree with all that, Kempi, mm. 100%. Yeah, said no malice in it, but it was very bad. I was mm. just in front of where it happened at the game and just straight away went, oh, dear, that's like, see you later. Mm. It was... Yeah. Got five weeks for it, deserves it. But yeah, nothing in, in Sebi's nature or anything. It's just, it happened. Yeah, just uh, yeah. the way the judiciary set up, he got the most amount of weeks he can get for a speed tackle. So he got a grade three dangerous throw, which is obviously the most. And it was his second offense of the year, which is a five with the early play. So, so. How much did Cleary get? Was that with loading or something? Didn't Cleary get like six weeks or something? Cleary must have had loading last year. Okay. Yeah, look, about right. Yeah. About right, I guess. I guess the one silver lining, um, you know, if the Raiders were to lose this league, it means that he would still be out for the first month of next year. Um, Chevy Stewart, who I think is going to be the future fullback of the Raiders, it might push Ricky Stewart's hand to give him a shot I early think, next year. I think the fact that, uh, no inside knowledge or anything, but the fact that as it stands now, we just haven't really seemed to go out and recruit a fullback. Maybe mm. they're just thinking Chevy round one anyway. Yeah. You can't be going into next year going Rapana or Seb Chris, our fullback, mm. with the rest of our spine. So... I can maybe he's going, all right, Chevy, by round one next year, he's our man. That's exciting. That's good. Uh, Clary was a grade three dangerous throw last year and also got five weeks. So he had the exact same charge and the exact same loading. Yeah. I'd definitely say Seb Chris was substantially worse. But look, if it's the most you can give, it's the most you can give. Um, five weeks seems about right. I guess I probably would have landed around the six-ish mark, but yeah, seems about right. Um, Sharkies versus Raiders. I do think the Sharks were getting on top of them before that, but it's very hard to judge this game uh, because of that send-off as to what would have happened because we know the Raiders can pull something out of nothing all the time. I really, you know what I've been really impressed with, especially this week? Hasn't Nico Hines' king game improved? Yeah. Holy. Like some of the kicks he was putting in were super, super accurate and delicate. Whereas, you know, last year he wasn't, you know, he was getting through his kicks, and but he wasn't doing like tiny little chips into corners and, you know, getting the ball out or getting the ball just before the, the try line. Uh, Nico Hines was outstanding. Yeah, he was great in this game, and I, I agree with you, mate. This kicking game, I think it's something you can see that he has really worked on. Um, I think sometimes we forget that Nico Hines is in game 40 as a halfback. It's mental. It's crazy how, how, how quickly time passes and everything. It feels like he's been a halfback for a long time. I know he played in the juniors and everything, but going from reserve grade <laughs> halfback to first grade halfbacks, mm. big step up after not playing it for years. Uh, probably don't need to explain that to anyone. Um, I thought Jesse Ramian was unreal in this game. Mate. Yeah. When he there's, – there's days where Jesse Ramian shows up and goes, I'm just not going to be tackled today. Yeah. And when and he, he goes, goes – That's origin. He's yeah. origin standard then, those days. Uh, so especially when they turn him under. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Oh. And being on the inside and you're going, oh, my job's done. Then seeing Jesse Raymond coming back against the grain, mm. nightmare. Yeah. Week in, week out, Jesse Raymond's one of the most underrated centres in the Agreed. NRL. Like, totally agree. And particularly at the Sharkies where no matter what they do, it's just Nico this, Nico that. And like we've been guilty of it ourselves. But Jesse Raymond, like he has a pretty big workload. He busts a ton of tackles. They said the way they bring him under, he shakes up the defence. Far out, he's good. Yeah. Usually pretty, usually pretty good in defence too. Yeah. Usually pretty good. Um, 
Yeah, he was he was really good on the weekend. All right, week one. Will Kennedy is fit. What are you doing? Oh God, I don't want to be Craig Fitzgibbon. Uh, I think I'd, I think I'd probably go Tracy at the moment. Jimmy, Kennedy, he limped. Up. He came off with ten to go. I haven't seen any updates, but no, I Tracy saw came off. Yeah, Tracy came yeah. off, and I think I don't want to. Hey, don't panic. try and get out of it. Let's I don't say they both put fit. any panic stations out there, but I maybe a bit of a limp on him. I'll see if I can find anything, but he didn't both play fit. the last ten. Both, both fit. fit. Uh, Will Kennedy. Uh, so 14. Yes. Yeah, so Darcy McDonald tweeted that his left knee was iced and he reckons he sprained his knee but didn't seem too worried. So let's assume that he's, he's playing. Um, I'd go Kennedy. Will Kennedy, back in. Okay. okay. What are you doing? I think it's hard to, to... Even though I think Kennedy probably is the better footballer, I think it's very hard to take out a guy that's been part of your resurgence to a degree. Yep. But it is a do or die game, so it's like, jeez. Tough call. Very, very tough call. The, the only way, not the only way, but because it is so tight, is two weeks ago when I was on, we spoke about the defence. And if they've, like their defence has changed enormously since Connor Tracy's came in, they've also made other personnel changes there. Mm. If, the, if the staff there have gone, all right, Tracy and his chat at fullback has had a big impact on that. Well, then I'd go, all right, Tracy. Yeah. But it's a pretty intricate thing. Like, I don't know how much of an impact mm. he's had on that. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the previews of the finals matches. <coughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all of these games are on Nine Now, so make sure you're watching Nine Now this weekend to watch the footy live free and the best commentators, the best commentators in the business, guys, on Nine. You're going to listen to Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Andrew Johns, Freddie Fittler, Fatty Vorton. It doesn't get much. Darren Lockyer, it does not get much better. On nine now, make sure to download up. It's finals footy. It almost, it just feels right to have nine now on for finals footy. Uh, download the app or you can watch it on your browser, nine now. Plus, there's a bunch of other content that you can watch um, on nine now. Okay, Friday, 7.50, Suncorp Stadium, Brizzy Broncos versus the Melbourne Storm. Both look like essentially everyone's fit, ready to go. How do you see this playing out, Guru? I really, really hope both halfbacks are named and available for this game because this one's going to be an absolute cracker. I was getting a coffee with Matty this morning. He said to me, mate, if you're not watching this game on Friday night, what on earth are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Because I, I, I think this could be, obviously, the grand final is the most important, but I think outside of that, this could be the most important game of the final series because this could dictate mm. how this entire competition plays out for me. Yeah. I mean, it really will because it whoever loses this game essentially will end up on if they go all the way will end up on Penrith's side Brisbane's only beaten the Melbourne Storm on 13 occasions out of 54 games ever yep, they have the wood on them it's wild absolutely Timmy how do you see this playing out I like the Broncos okay I won't be cheering for them, but I, oh, I like Hey, Why are you going to be like that, mate? <laughs> Queensland. It's finals footy, mate. How many times do I need to reiterate my mate. dislike for Queenslanders? Yeah, mate. Seriously, get behind the boys. Mate, I, I'm tipping them. And, and I think, just look at this year and the amount of times we've been oh, other Melbourne contenders, aren't they? On, off, on, off, on, off. And we haven't been sure. I don't think there's been a second this year where we've questioned the Broncos' title credentials. Week in, week out, they've been incredible. I think the reason we talk about that with the Melbourne Storm is that there's question marks around their pack. Yes, they've been better the last month or so, but 
I think Brisbane have strike across the board, but their pack is unbelievable. Mm. I think at Suncorp Stadium, look, you can add in the unbelievable spine of the storm, but if they don't win that battle up front, there's only so much Pappenhaus and Munster, etc., can do in this game. So I just think Brisbane will be too strong up front, and, and I, think, I think they win the game. And I don't want to say win well, but comfortably. I was just having a look at some stats here. So the Melbourne Storm, their win percentage as a club is 64%. Their win percentage at Suncorp is 78%. They have a better winning percent at Suncorp than Broncos do. 70? Yeah. yeah. Oh, By a long the Broncos time. win percentage is 59%. So it's almost, yeah, it's almost 20% higher. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, Bellyache, you, you, you learnt your trade at the Broncos, mate. Why do you hate us so much, Russ? <laughs> like, what's with the hate, bruh? I get it. We didn't pick Bellyache up. learned his trade at the Raiders, mate. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> oh, that's great. Have you seen the footy card of Bellyache in the Raiders kit? It's the best. All time. It's the best. <laughs> um, yeah, look, the concern I have for the Brizzy Broncos, I'm not concerned that they'll be intimidated by the moment. I've been in that locker room. These boys, they love this shit. And and I I know there's some people going oh young team and and all that but I just nah these boys they're ready for the moment. My concern though is and I say it all the time and it must be annoying it's just the completion rate. Like if they go out and they're chancing their arm too much and they don't want to get into the grind for at least a little bit, that's when Storm can go. Thank you. We'll complete at eighty five percent. We know the Storm are going to complete at minimum eighty percent. If the Broncos come out and complete at 65 or 66%, you got away with that throughout the year because you're such a good squad. But in a finals match against a side with Pappy, Munster, Hughes, Grant, they're just going to make you pay. They're going to make you pay. Uh, now, I would be shocked beyond belief if they completed 80% and Storm completed them 80%, I think Broncos win not like not well well but I do think they solidly win the game they control the game I think their their massive massive uh, I guess upside is their forward pack it is if they can click into gear and complete at a high rate I just don't know any forward pack can go with them including the Penrith Panthers I, I genuinely believe that the Broncos forward pack could slightly just by a percent edge the Panthers forward pack if they're both at their best um in regards to their spine, though, need Renault to have a big game. If Renault comes out and, you know, he, he's gotten to a lot of prelims, but there's been certain finals games where he has struggled a little bit or, you know, a little niggly injury here or there, that's going to be a real concern for the Broncos because they absolutely need Renault to have a big game. Whereas the problem with uh, – not the problem for the Broncos, but the good thing for the Storm is they can afford one of their spine members to not play well and still win. Mm. I am always very big on finals experience. This is why I give the Melbourne Storm a real sniff. You have a look at the Broncos. They're coming into this game with two hookers, a 5'8", fullback, and a lock that haven't played finals footy, right? Mm. That's big. Mm. That is huge. A lot of origin, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I Not don't... Real, yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But, I mean, Reese Walsh, Pat Carrigan, yeah, but you're coming in with a 5'8", two hookers that haven't played finals footy before. I just... Yeah, I, I, I give the Melbourne Storm a red-hot sniff in this one. Mm. We could, like, I was down at the, the Bronx game the other weekend against the Raiders and just watching Reese Walsh absolutely tear us apart. Mm. He's a star at the moment. In a month's time, he could be a superstar. Mm. Because, mm. and I think it can start this weekend on Friday night where we just go, we've seen him do it in origin now. Well, the next step is NRL finals football mm. against good opposition. And this is the Melbourne Storm with that incredible spine. I just think... 
Reese Walsh's name is going to be up in lights again after this week. He is a freak. He's a freak. I think that the tip for Reese Walsh heading into this game is, mate, your first five to six, maybe even ten touches, just run it. Mm. Just run it. Because the passing, it'll come. You don't need to score 24, 20 points in the first yeah. half. What will happen is if you run the ball every time you get it for the first 20 to 30 minutes, I guarantee you in the 60 to 80th minute, he will have at least two to three tries this. Because that's when Reese does his best work. And what happened in Origin? He, he was so conscious of not making an error that that's why he was so great. And I think that heading into this game, Kevy or whoever just needs to see him down and say, I know you're excited. I know you're the man. I know you're a superstar, all that kind of stuff. But just give me 40 minutes of just the tough stuff. Yeah. And then if you sort that out, I guarantee you by the end of the match, he will be tearing the edges for the storm to pieces, to absolute pieces. Where it will go all wrong is if he comes out, thinks he needs to score off the first play, two or three errors in, storm get possession, squeeze him out of the game. And I think that's what Kevy would be saying to this side each and every week, but going into this game, they go, don't be worried about the superstars, the, the storm having their spine and, you know, uh, in the outside, not the outside backs, but the spine. Be, um, boys, our forward pack is unbelievable. As you mm. said, Kempi, complete high. Let our pack do their thing. Points will come. Absolutely points will, will come. come. Um, even, even the chances that we miss, like let's say in the first half, you should have passed it and we would have scored. Don't, like, don't worry about it. Like, we can score points easily, essentially, when we complete high. And so that's what I'm hoping happens. Now, look, Kevy is all about attack, and we know that. And look, it's what got him to the dance. Now, on the storm side of things, I mean... Do we need, we say more? Cameron Munster. Yep. Cameron Munster. The biggest game player literally in the competition. And he's up there with some of the greatest ever big game players. This is his moment. These are the moments that the game's going against you. You're all out in your feet. You're done. Every analyst, everyone says you're done. And then somehow, some way, Cam Munster just goes bang. Thanks for coming. There's three games a year in the middle of the season where Cam Munster keeps me, Timmy and Matty awake at night, and I'm <laughs> so glad you're not going to get a winner's sleep this week. It makes me so happy. Looking at the roof, go, oh, please, money man. I've been so nice to you for so long. But, look, they could be – Cam Munster could literally have touched the ball twice and get to the 70th minute and just go, boom. The yeah. whole game changes. And it's – I think with Cam Munster, he's one of those guys that – it's not about, like, you know he's going to have impact. It's just about minimising the impact he has on this game. Yep. And it's going to come down to those that one moment. Mm, and you yep. know it'll be in championship minutes in the last 15 minutes. Or if Cam Munster wants to win this game of football, he will. I um, If I'm Storm to the forward pack, I'm saying, boys, it's all just about hanging in there. Yeah, It's all about, like, don't worry. Yeah, okay, they're probably going to get some metres on us. Yeah, okay, they're going to break some tackles. They might even get 16 nil up. But the one thing that we can do as a storm is we can wait for them to beat themselves. And they'll let us get – at some point in this game, most likely, unless the Broncos play the best they can play, at some point in this game, they will do something to allow us back in the game. We need to be ready for that. So don't worry about the attack or anything like that. Forward pack, I just need you to have your total focus – on defence, be the best defensive side you've ever been, and then that's how they can win the game. I think. That, that, that's it. He'd be looking at the the belly ache, the storm for years and years. Boys, that first twenty, just getting the grind, getting the grind. You already touched on it, Kevy, but let's complete it 90 percent. Give them nothing because, as you said, the Broncos will make mistakes. They will let them back in, and at the end of the game, they sit there and it's twelve ten at full time to the storm, and just going got in the arm wrestle. We're too professional for them. We yep. had too much experience for them. Yep.
And look, the, the problem is, is that when they do get, if they get to the 65th minute and Storm are just grinding them, grinding them, grinding them, there is a chance that Broncos lose their heads. They're young. They haven't been in this position before. They're at home, sold out stadium. We've got to score, we've got to score. Yep. And before you know it, three errors in a row, boom, 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 Storm score a couple of tries, game is over. And at the same time, Cam Munch is sitting there going, got him exactly where we want him. Scores yep. are tight, Absolutely. stay calm, I'll get us out of this, boys. Yep. Absolutely. I reckon 10 days ago, Bellamy would have told Nash, you've got two weeks to prepare for biggest game of your career oh, essentially yeah. you're yep. taking on Payne Haas or you're taking on Fish one mm. of the two yep. and you need to win that battle simple as that <laughs> you're, you're the only guy that can win that battle yep. really like the battle that kind of battle they've got other players in their side that can grind can do that but there's only <sighs> one guy in that whole forward pack that can go toe to toe with Payne Haas for 40 minutes or 50 minutes it's Nelson yep. it's Nelson and if he doesn't the middles could be blown off the park yep. it's huge for it's him, so it? so big so so big so it's going to be such a such a good game of footy. Um, as I said, I'm tipping the Broncos. If the Broncos play the best they can play, it's a it's a good solid win. But the chances of them playing like that, because they have been a little bit down the last couple of weeks, even if it's been their reserve, and then the week before they were definitely down against the Raiders. Um, I know they were missing Carrigan and Reynolds, but you know we only got to look to the Penrith Panthers, the benchmark of the competition. They're so desperate to just get in gear. They played all their players. So that's how hard it is just to click into gear. So there is a chance that, you know, Carrigan and Reynolds could take 30 to 40 minutes to just click back into gear. I doubt it, but there's a chance. What's your score lines? Oh, 24-12 Broncos. I reckon 20 to 18 Broncos. I was going to say 22-12 to the Broncos. <laughs> I'm going to say 20 to 16 a Storm. Fuck you, Matty. <laughs> just because Rabbitohs lost, mate, doesn't mean you need to take it out on me. Don't bring us down with you, Matty. Yeah, jeez. Just because we're all playing finals footy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's had a few swings at us today, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Very he's like, bitter. Mate, he's we, didn't, we didn't make your club go through what I went through, mate. We report on it kindly, not even negatively. Um, all right, next game. Next game. Blue Bet Stadium. Penrith Panthers versus the New Zealand Warriors. The toughest challenge in rugby league as it stands and has been for the last few years. The Warriors have to go to the heart of the beast and deliver somehow, some way a victory. The Penrith Panthers, there's nothing to say. They know what to do. They know what to do. So you don't need to go in and say, the only thing you need to say to them is, boys, we've set ourselves a standard. Don't dishonor us and what we've built here by going out there and playing like shit. We know what we can do. If you're the Warriors, you're saying this is the opportunity for greatness. This could set us up for a run into the finals. We know that we any other team we have a solid chance against, and they've got a solid a chance against Panthers, but the rest of the comp, the Warriors have shown that they can be there or thereabouts to a degree. The Warriors, this is a chance for greatness. This is a chance to make a night to remember for an entire country. Whether we win the grand final or not, if we win this match, it'll be remembered forever. That's what I'll be saying to the Warriors boys. How do you see this playing out, Guru? Yeah, there's a couple of key obstacles in the way of the Warriors. Obviously, the Panthers is the first one. But I think secondly, just with their team, whether Torhu Harris is available or not, mm. that will be huge. And the other one is Tamari Martin comes into 5-8. Played really well last week uh, in, in a loss. I, I still thought he looked good. Um, but he hasn't played in... 
what feels like to me to be 10 or 12 weeks. He may as well have a massive red target on his head because you know the Panthers are going at him. Yeah, 100%. And that's going to change up. I, I, as I said, I think that they're more suited to having him at 5'8 than Luke Metcalf, despite how much I love Metcalf. Uh, but it still changes quite a bit. And as we said, Stephen Crichton's moved to left centre. That could potentially be uh, your job is to lock up that Warriors right edge, mm. right edge, which has been on fire this year. So I think if the Panthers can handle the Wars down that, down that edge... I think they'll be just fine. Timmy? Yeah, as your boys mentioned, it's Penrith know what you're going to get. Been there, done it, time and time again. It's what do the Warriors throw up in this one? Mm. And you try and find this this blueprint to beating and not even beating, like competing with the Penrith Panthers. And if all goes to script and the Panthers make the grand final, I'm going to say the same thing three times over the next month. And that's, I think you've just got to get a bit of second phase footy going at the Penrith Panthers. I think... <clears throat> Anytime we've seen them beaten in recent years, which has been few and far between, it is that blueprint of you need to unsettle them. And by doing that, it's with second phase play. They have some offloading plays in there. Adam Fennell Blake being a big one, a big part of that. You kick early, you turn these outside backs around and make them come off their own line. And like the line speed through the middle in particular is so relentless. <clears throat> Not big early shifts where you're looking to hit your wingers, but just trying to hit your back rollers and mm. then just go side to side there so that you're not just getting belted through the middle. And they've got such brilliant ball playing forwards, the Warriors in Fanor Blake and Torhu Harris in particular. You mentioned him, Guru's in a bit of doubt this week. So please, I hope Torhu plays because he's the man who can do that. I think that's what they've got to do to give themselves a sniff, but I don't love their chances. Webster v Cleary. We spoke about this probably 10 weeks ago, I yeah. reckon, and this is what we've been waiting for. And I, I really do hope that Webby's got a plan for Penrith. And, you know, I, th- I think we've seen over the last three years, it's all good and well to have a plan. Yeah. But going out and executing it is a completely different story. Um, big night for AFB too. That's what I was going to say. If I'm Warriors coach, if I'm Webster, and he's already aware of this, but I'm like, you know, Leota and Fisher-Harris have been the dogs yep. of the premiership for the three years. Here's your opportunity to show him who the real big dog is. He's been, uh, Adam Fanor Blake behind Payne Haas, maybe even you could say he's been better, but he has been a Dally M front rower for this season, Adam Fanor Blake, him and Payne Haas. It's time to show him that. And I think that if you can somehow, some way, almost just go toe-to-toe with Fisher-Harris, just to, because the only way you beat the Penrith Panthers is if you beat the big dogs up front. It's Fisher-Harris and it's Leota. Adam Fanor Blake needs to be coming all day long, match them for physicality, but beat them for talent. Because I do think Adam Fanor Blake has more footwork, has better ball playing, and that's the only way that they're going to get a victory is if he shows who the big dog is and somehow, some way, beats the guys for three years now said, we are the fucking big dogs of the comp. It's going to be a mammoth task, but if there's a guy with enough talent to do it, it's AFB. And I think one of the big positives for the Wars this year, and obviously we talk about the edges and how dynamic they've been, but just their ball playing with their forwards through the middle has been so good. And that's the one spot I look at with Penrith, that if Mitch Kenny still isn't there, I think that's a spot that you can get this side. Yeah, up through the middle there, like it's in, in behind the ruck, yep. where the nine is kind of... Mitch Kenny controls <laughs> so much of that, and whether it's Summerton, Peachy, Sonny Luke, whoever it is, none of those guys are at the level of Mitch Kenny in yeah. defence. And, that, and that's where I love the ball play of the Warriors, why I think it's <clears> such an asset for them going into this game. It might not necessarily be Adam Fennell Blake having to run for 200 metres. He might be going to the line. You sure as hell know that Liam Martin, the O'Reilly, is going to be flying out to wail on him. AFB just tipping onto another bloke, quick play of the ball, get a bit of a roll on, get yeah. a bit of a roll on. yeah. 
is where Dill Walker could be. Yeah. Crucial. Oh, crucial. Yeah. Crucial. Egan, Egan back as well, is he? He should be. think so. Hope so. Yeah, you don't want to change your game plan too much, but I do think that there is something to be said of if you can get crafty around the middle there, because that that crazy line speed, it's super effective A, B, and C. Like the A, B, and C, they, they just shoot up. If you can either get outside the C, you become now the dominant because you're hitting. But if you can somehow get in between the marker and A and get crafty around there a lot... What happens is, is you get this quick play the ball, A, B, and C are past the ball. Yep. Whereas if your line spin isn't as good, it actually you don't want to go behind the markers. It's actually what Melbourne Storm used to do really well where they actually weren't crazy line speed. What they were is they'd get up like <clears throat> decent line speed, but then they'd just be really good at wrestle to give everyone a chance to get back. And so I do think that if Kenny doesn't play, hitting in and around the ruck off your own end, they're brave runs, they're courageous. You're going to see players get absolutely fucking oost. But if you stick at it for long enough and have good completion, it can really tie it out the forwards. And they've got the players in the pack to be able to play like that. Obviously, AFB Walker, but also Mitch Barnett and Josh Curran's another one that could fit yeah. into that category Curran's as been well. so good the last couple of weeks. He's so underrated, Curran. Mm. That's where you keep it. I like when you've got the ABCs and they're flying up off the line where you just go and you've got – even going to AFB or Torhu, bang out the back to Dylan Walker – and then Dylan Walker finds his edge back row. You get on the outside of the sea who have flown up off the line. I know it's hard with Penrith because the whole freaking line fly up. But that's where you get a bit of space out wide. Yeah. Not saying hit the winger, but then you do it, then you go back and you hit the other edge back rower. Yeah. And I think as well, if you stick to it and you just hang on, because the first few times you're going to get bashed. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to they're gonna meet you when you catch the ball and you're, just, you're not going to be able to get it to your wide back rower. But they're not going to be able to do it for the whole game. I think another tactic, it's, it's you know, <laughs> It's a tiny, tiny detail. But I would be putting huge emphasis on fighting to play the ball mm. because that's the one thing that even if you get crazy line speed, if you can somehow get a quick play the ball, you may have won the tackle, but you miss the next three. Yeah. That's what the Panthers do. So, well, that's what they, they obviously slow the play the ball down. But I think a lot of teams don't fight enough. Like they get hit and they go, oh, I've just been dominated. Fuck it. If you're fighting every single play the ball to get a quick one, that retreat becomes instead of, you know, five metres, it becomes frigging 15 metres. You cannot keep that up physically for a whole match. Um, in regards to, like, kick chases, I mean, it's almost just do your best. Just get tight. Kick chase has to be perfect for Toto, for Taruva, uh, Dylan Edwards. Um, on the Panthers side, you know, we spoke about it a little bit, but it's all just about complacency. Boys, yes, they're the Warriors. Yes, they haven't been travelling that well. Yes, we're at home. Yes, we're the big dogs. But we cannot afford to be complacent because... If there's one team that can just perform and create some kind of magic, I mean, even the Warriors, when they weren't making top eight footy, we all knew them to have that one game in them where they just went absolutely crazy and every crazy offloads, everything seemed to work, and you go, holy shit, how do you defend that? They just cannot afford to be complacent, the Panthers. Kick pressure on both halves is going to be massive as well. Obviously, SJ is going to be the main kicker for the Wires. Nathan Cleary for the Panthers. There's one thing I think over the last few final series, a lot of games that Panthers dominate, there's never any pressure on Nath. Yeah. Needs to be a huge emphasis because if you allow Nate to dictate terms with his kicking, shut up shop. Yep. It's over. The beauty yep. of it is for the Warriors, they're going into it, you know, despite not looking probably outstanding last month of football, they're racking up wins. Obviously, the rest of their entire side on the weekend, <laughs> but they're going as underdogs. They've yep. got nothing to lose. They've been the massive achievers this season. Penrith have, you know, ever expect them to win. They can jag one or two early, the Warriors, all of a sudden, pressure's on the Panthers. Not yep. a bad place to be. And as I said, they got the opportunity to, to, to have that moment. 
moment you remember for the rest of your life, the moment that your fans remember, remember the time we went up to Penrith and beat the back-to-back premiers in a finals match, you have the opportunity. You fought so hard to get that opportunity. Now it's time to take that opportunity. Uh, It's very similar. We all remember when they went down to Melbourne. Yeah. Was that 15 years ago? Michael Witt scored in the corner. We still talk about that and remember that. Exactly. The first one V8 defeat, wasn't it? Ever? First ever. I think it might have been the only one. I think the Eels did it a few years later, but Yeah. yeah, it was the first one. Yeah. Now, onto the Sharkies versus the Roosters, Points Bet Stadium. Wow, what a clash. What a, a, I guess, a polar opposite of sides. You know, the Roosters' def- uh, attack has kind of floundered a bit this year. The Sharkies' attack has always been there. At one point, you know, the best attacking team in the competition. If I'm the Sharkies, uh, similar-ish to the Broncos, but obviously the Broncos' defence is a little bit better. But I'm just, just drilling in their heads. Boys, we are... On paper, uh, not sorry, not on paper, form-wise and everything we've done in the last year or so, we are a better footy side than this team, but we must be willing to get in the physical battle with this side. We must be willing to go, we don't have to score 13 po- uh, 14 points, 15, 16 points in the first 30, 40 minutes. We just be, go, okay, just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. Eventually, the opportunities will come. If I'm the Sydney Roosters... I'm saying, boys, we just need to defend our asses off because the Sharks have a tendency to not be willing to go 80 minutes of pure mm. grind where we know the Roosters are willing to do that. And if I'm Robbo, I'm saying to the boys, boys, look at, look at the bloke next to you. We all know we can go 80 minutes. They don't know that. They're sitting in the changing room across from us. They look across to each other. They're still unsure if they can do 80 minutes of grindy finals footy. We know that. If fucking we know that. We've proven it for years and years and years, even when we had all those injuries, whereas these guys still have to answer that question. So we just go out and defend our asses off and the win will come. What do you reckon this one? I've got no idea what's going on. Sorry to be boring, but I have no clue whatsoever. I find these two teams so hard to get a read on. Mm. They're two teams that I probably thought five weeks ago weren't going to be playing here. I thought they'd both drop out. The Sharkies then hit some incredible form and I thought, okay, they are back. They were good on the weekend against the Raiders. I thought they were the better team, but the week or two leading up to that, they were a little bit shaky. But you know, Hines was out for that Newcastle game and whatnot, so maybe there's reasons there. Uh, at home, I kind of want to lean towards the Sharkies. I don't know. I've just got a feeling about the Chooks, though. I reckon the Roosters. Because I reckon the Roosters are watching that New Knights game going, well, they do, boys. They just ground them out of the game, and then the floodgates opened. Mm. And the Roosters can play that kind of footy if they want to. Um, what do you reckon, Timmy? I'm much like Guru, mm. who bloody knows what's mm. going to happen in this game of football, which makes – I can't wait for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I'm leaning towards seeing what the Sharks have done over the past month, dating back to basically when <coughs> they beat the Bunnies 26-16, back when we thought the Bunnies were good at footy, and uh, <laughs> lots changed since. But outside of the Knights game, as you mentioned, Nico was out of that one. It was disappointing, but they'd been up for a while. We mentioned their defensive issues week in, week out on that left edge. They've, mm. I think they fixed that. Didn't concede down that edge uh, on the weekend again. How about the Roosters' attack? The Roosters have the third worst attack statistically in the competition this year. The only two teams with worse attack, the Doggies and Tigers, the Dragons scored more points than the Roosters this year. Crazy. It's crazy. Doesn't that just scream to that grit, though? I know. And they know it. If I'm the Sharkies, you know, if I'm Fitzy speaking to the forwards, I would be saying to them, challenging them, boys, these guys are notoriously aggressive. They bend the line. They push the line constantly. You guys, you know, say in the best, the nicest way possible, but 
you know, this forward pack, is it a, a well-known forward pack? Is it known to be the dominant aggressive? Like, no, it's not. It's, it's a good, strong forward pack. Boys, it's your opportunity here to go and bully the bullies. It's a real interesting sort of turn here because the Sharks for me over the last 15 years when they have been successful, they are the team. You go to Shark Park and they just drag you down to the gutter. Mm. The Roosters are going to be doing that this weekend. Oh, the Roosters will be hoping for that. Yeah, the Roosters going beautiful. Let's get in the gutter. Let's yeah. fight it out. Yeah. And I'd be, you know, I'd be speaking to Toby Rudolph, Hunt, all those boys, and I'd be saying every time you hit Victor Radley or any of those boys, they need to feel it. If, if I see sets where you're not trying to inflict pain and there's not trying to be damage done, then we're losing the battle. We're yeah. losing the battle. That's what the Roosters do. They go out and they bully teams. And so I'd be saying to the Sharkies forward pack, this is what we, we have to, at the very least, stand up to the bullies, but we can't allow them to get crazy line speed on, on us and then all of a sudden, you know, we don't want to take that tough hit up or we don't want to hit him behind the line, we want to skip overs or we want to be passing. We need to stand up to the bullies. Lindsay Collins is the one for me. Oh, mate. He's got to have a big target on him. He's almost a bloody Cam Munster of front rowers this year. <laughs> big yeah. plays in big moments. Yeah. Just um, completion for the Sharkies. It's been an issue for them all season. Yeah. They've got so many points in them. And, and you know, the reason for a lot of their, their lower completion rates in games is because they do use the ball so expansively. Yeah. They throw it wide. But if they can complete it, I want to say 75% plus, gee, they've got some points in them. Yeah, I agree. And again, they don't have to dominate the middle by any means. They just need to hang in there. Yeah. And they could outpoint them because the Roosters, sure, their attack looked better on the weekend, but it's been stifled and terrible all season. Yeah, absolutely. So, massive clash. Oof. Cannot wait. Now... <clears throat> Newcastle Knights versus Raiders, McDonald's Zone Stadium. I mean, another incredible game. Gee, Sunday. Sunday Arvo, Newey Knights versus Raiders at McDonald's Zone Stadium. Doesn't get much better. Newey Knights, you know, I'd be reiterating to the boys, put that nine in a row out of, your way, out of your head. It does not matter. It means fucking nothing. It means nothing if we roll into this week and get bushed out week yep. one of the finals. No one will remember it. No one will sit there and go, how good is Everyone will just be talking about how we rocked up and played poorly at home against a team that we are favourites to beat. If I'm the New England Knights, I'm going, this is all the hard work you've done. This is the reward. We're here. We have arrived. So don't step away from it now and think the job is done. The job has just begun. We've prepared ourselves for this job. Now it's time to take that moment and step into the second week of the finals. If I'm the Canberra Raiders, I mean, you already know what you're going to say to them. They don't want us to win. Everyone hates us. No one rates us. No one wants to give us a sniff. The NRL's against us. The fans are against us. The refs are against us. Everyone's against us. Everyone, no one cares about Canberra. Fuck them. Let's go and upset the party. That's what I'm saying if I'm the Raiders. Oh, Matt Nabel, watch out. <laughs> Kempi's coming for you. That got me fired up, Kempi. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> How do you see this playing out, mate? Uh, mate... I I don't know again because, as you said, like on paper and the form lines coming into this game, well, it's Newcastle Knights whitewash at home and they belt us like they did there a few uh, there in, uh, a few weeks ago. And I just what, don't – I'm so concerned about how many points the Raiders have in them. Mm. And like this Knights attacking outfit has been relentless the last six to eight, nine weeks. I mentioned the stats around the Roosters and their attack. Well, the Raiders have scored 14 more points this season than the Sydney Roosters. But on top of that, we've got 
the worst defence in the top 12. We've got eight, we're eight points clear of the Dolphins defensively this season. So, again, it's, like on the weekend, the send-off of Seb, Chris, they scored a few tries later than that and the score blew out a little bit. But we'd scored one try up until that 60th-odd minute. Mm. It was off a kick and Jordan <coughs> Parner jumped over, Tracy to score a try. So I just am so concerned about where our attack comes from. And we can grind and we can grind all we want and try and win a game 12-10, but we still have scored 10 points – or 12 points, I should say. Like, mm. So I'm a bit concerned and <coughs> the thing I am leaning into a little bit is, yeah, the Knights are flying – Complacency, as you said, can be that's going to be the key for them because they are so high in confidence. But we know it can go wrong. And mm. while the Raiders haven't been overly impressive the last six or so weeks, they are a final side in that they will be gritty. They should complete high. They will turn up. So we'll see, mate. Respectfully to the Canberra Raiders, nothing is going to shit me more than if you play your grand final this weekend <laughs> and yes. end the night season and then bow because I like without Corey Halls or without Josh Popley, I, I personally don't think you can go too far. Geez, geez, we missed them last weekend. Oh, mate, they oh. are two huge losses. Yeah. Massive, especially come finals. Like, obviously, Corey Oz was playing the big minutes, but these big moments and big games, Papa Lee, mm. there's not many front rowers I'd rather have in my side than him. Leaves a massive hole. It's something I've said, you and I, can, uh, Guru, all season with the Raiders. We lack attack. Second phase, second phase. We need to offload the ball. Yeah. Just properly, Corey Horsburgh, they're probably our two best offloaders. Like, yeah. oh, such big losses. Yeah, but again, it would not shock me if the Raiders rock up, as you said, and play their grand final. Because yeah. that's, that, like, they almost get more of a kick out of spoiling the party than they do having the bloody party. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if they win 1-12 to 12 and Ruppin has scored a double and he's kicked it and it's hit the post and he's regathered <laughs> and just... Like that's that's just how the can hey, mate. Even when they went all the way to the grand final, they were doing crazy shit mm. like that. That's just who the Canberra Raiders are, and they're comfortable there. Mm. Which is at the end of the day, what finals footy is about. Mm. And like no one gave them a sniff against the Broncos. They were like, yeah, Broncos go down there thirteen plus. And like you get there, and it's freaking seventieth minute. You're going shit. Are they going to beat the like? This is what they do. Yeah. This is what they do. This is all set up. Like think about it. <laughs> they're the party poopers. The nine in a row side in a town where everyone loves rugby league. This is set up perfectly for Ricky to go, boys, let's go fucking spoil yeah. the party. Yeah. Like, f there's no way these fans think that we're going to come up and do this. Everyone keeps saying that we're the team that you'd want to play in week one of the finals. Fuck that. And I mean, you know, if you're the Raiders before you're running out, I think all you need to do is look at Jack and Jared Croker. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That'll give them a lot. Croker could come in with Sebi Chris gone now, potentially. You'd assume he will, wouldn't you? Okay. I guess Hopawade is on the extended too. He was the other day, wouldn't he? Oh, in saying that, the issue is if with Jack playing centre now, we've got Matty Tomoko at centre as well. Mm. Yeah. So, you have to play him on the air, maybe not actually. Um, what I am excited for the New Knights though, Kalen Ponga. Kalen Ponga in finals footy, this is what this kid was born for. This is what this kid was born for, just a little skinny kid at the Cowboys. He got signed on massive overs. Everyone thought it was crazy. How could you sign a kid that's played two games on a huge contract? Double down on that. Every contract negotiation, everyone has said overs, overs, overs. Even now, I think he's the highest paid player in the competition. If it's not this year, it's next year. This is what this guy is made for. Big moments, big games. He is the reason the Knights are where they are. And if there's been anything close to 2001... He's the guy that's going to get him there. He is the guy that's going to lift this club into something special. And this is his moment. He has delivered in these moments for Queensland. It's now time to deliver the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, and if I was Adam O'Brien, I think I'd be talking up, you know, 
There's a kangaroo's jersey up for grabs here. Yeah. At fullback. Mm. Yeah. Reese Walsh is already taking your Queensland jersey. Yeah, there's a name for you, boys. There he is. On the TV. It's just popped up. Sorry, Timmy. Looks like it's all over, mate. Little omen. I'll, uh, I'll be at this game on Sunday afternoon, and I hope it is pissing down <laughs> rain, and I am knee-deep in mud trying to get out of it. Just turn it into a dog. <laughs> Are you going to prepare some sledges for Ponga just to get him off his game? Oh, mate. You better not play badly. We'll rip the bottles at him. We better not play bad. We'll rip the shit off you in the Monday review. He'll <laughs> 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 take himself off the field. I can't cop that, boys. I can't cop it. Could you imagine if the Raiders win and this dickhead's in Newcastle oh. celebrating a win? It'll be weekend of Bernie's on the Monday show. Oh, <laughs> mate. KP drops the ball. Yep, we talking about that on Monday, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, this is KP's moment. Can you imagine? Let's just sit back and imagine. Newcastle, Newcastle Stadium full. KP puts on an absolute clinic and they're just thinking, is it? Oh, is it too good to be true? Are we witnessing oh. a finals run with the, the heir apparent, the Prince of Newcastle, Prince Ponga, the guy that we staked our whole club's future on when we brought him from the Cowboys? Are we finally seeing that huge gamble pay off? No pun intended, Tyson Gamble. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It is just, you know, Dom Young, Greg Marju. Like, when you start putting these Bradman best, Dan Gagai, like, that's a bloody good back line. That's a bloody good back line. I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, cannot wait. Good footy side, Newcastle. Mm. Anyway, that's us done and doosted. Uh, Breeze and break evens, Wednesday? Yeah, we're back Wednesday. And uh, massive congratulations to Guru, top Thank 1% you. of the super coach. You, mate, you listened to me this year and you fucking went all right. <laughs> Hey? Yeah, thank you for listening to you on this panel, mate. There you go, mate. Hey, I'm Someone else didn't help me all year. Exactly. So that's why you come yeah. to me, mate. I'll give you the fucking tips. Bloody tried, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's us done and dusted. As usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.